0: Listening to the bomb hole. Bomb hole podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody.
1: <laughs> the bomb hole. I'm going to slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice burgundy snowboard. Okay. Welcome back to the bomb hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. Now we got to start this thing off right and ask Stony Buds, how are you doing today?
0: So good, my dog.
1: Whew. That's a good one.
0: I wish I knew how to say that in French.
1: Yeah, how do you how do say that in French, say that? Uh, Nickel, tout
2: va bien, super. That's that's complicated. I'll let Très bien, mon pate. Très bien, <laughs> bien. <laughs> mon
1: pote. Mon pote. Mon pote. Yes. 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 Um, <laughs> to my left, we got Arthur Longo in the booth. Arthur, how you doing today? Très bien, mon pate. We really did.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: love it, love it. Uh, for our listeners that don't know who Arthur Longo is and are living under a freaking rock, Uh, Arthur's authenticity is second to none. He's French. He's an artist both on and off of the board. He's a two-time Olympian, X Games silver medalist. He's got several timeless video parts. He's won Rider of the Year. He recently skyrocketed into the stratosphere with his own style of snowboarding, launching side hits under the chairlift, as seen in his video series, She, also known as Side Hit Euphoria. Arthur is a gift to snowboarding, and we're going to talk about it all today. But let's just start it off. And uh, why? Are you, what are you doing here in Salt Lake? What's going on, Arthur? Uh, yeah, it's, a,
2: it's pretty cool. We've been uh, presenting a Volcom uh, movie, Cradle Coast. So uh, it's been a while since Volcom had made like a nice snowboard movie. And this is it. And we presented it ne- uh, last weekend. And yeah, so that was an occasion for a little trip in Salt Lake. And to meet you guys as well.
1: Yeah, it's been great, and I noticed you got up on the jibs. That's a that's a rare sighting. Is Arthur on the steel? How was that experience?
2: That was amazing. I went to the spot, so you know, like going to a spot like this, like famous, because I just saw it from uh, Instagram and stuff. And I know Seth really really well, and I know that he was the one like building it, and uh, and that was that was amazing to go in the forest with Rav and and. Yeah, put the board on the steel. I'm, I'm not against it. That was super nice.
0: <laughs> Lots, not many people are allowed there, too, so that's
2: a pretty special thing. Yeah, for sure. That was a really good energy in the forest. So nice.
1: He got the pass from the general. Like yeah, he the general let him through. Let's give the general an air horn, huh? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Now, I want to know about where you grew up in the mountains of France and what it was like.
2: Yeah, so I grew up in uh, Les Des Alpes. That's a ski resort close to uh, Grenoble. I, it's a really cool place where to grow up for snowboarding, especially I was born in 88. And so the 90s there, there was like really going off for snowboarding. Uh, there was a ton of uh, event. Uh, there was like a trade show in the beginning of the year called uh, Mondial du Snow. And there was basically like Americans coming, like all the snowboard scene was going there. And I was a kid and I, I was like a part of it kind of. And uh, so I come from there and it's a fun mountain to ride. Uh, uh, There's many options, it's just just like, uh, you know, I was super lucky as a kid to to come from there and just having so much support to like a snowboard club. And my dad was like a photographer and shooting actually uh, like the local heroes snowboarding. So I was always like really into the snowboard uh, thing there. And, yeah, that was that was amazing.
1: I, I got a question about your dad being a photographer. Who would you say is a better photographer, Easton or your dad?
2: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's all right if you say your dad. I, I mean, it, I understand. I don't necessarily <laughs> want to be nice, but uh, I give it to Eastone. Yeah. Oh, I give it to Eastone <laughs> Woo, right. over, over yeah. his father. Right. That's
1: well, huge. We're going to hit a guest question. We got a guest question from uh, Pearlie, who is a goat. Very talented. Let's give him an air horn. Pearlie's the man. Pearly, shout out. Um, and this one's in French, so you're going to have to translate what oh, it geez. is. Here we go.
2: Hey, Arthur, tu trouves pas que les photos
3: of elles sont toujours un peu floues?
2: <laughs> so, uh, if I think that uh, Easton's photos are a little blurry, or is- <laughs> <laughs> I, a
0: feel- I
2: think
1: Chris might have set that up, if I know Chris. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be honest with you Pearly didn't want to say that but I wanted him to <laughs> those buzz- are fighting words Pearlie <laughs> I'm looking for you bro yeah so good shit you made him say it huh I, I, he was like really hesitant I'm like buds will love it it's yeah, all good that, we'll give you the
0: pass on it Pearlie Pearlie's uh, very talented though yeah
1: he's in, he's insane great photo great I don't know what,
0: what it is about these European photographers but woof yeah in, in France fired. we
2: have amazing yeah. photographers yeah it's, it's just it's great. out of control Medgeard Tanon, Pearly. yeah to so, name go- a few. And oh, Pearly go-
1: gave us a shot, right? Yeah, we got a we got a print of Arthur that's uh, available at bombhole.com. Shout out to Pearly. It's a like side hit. We'll get into that stuff. But, you know, one thing about where you grew up that's important to talk about, I think, is the fact that it's a, a glacier and glacier in France. Yeah. In Francais, and so you can snowboard all summer, right? Yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, my parents, they were like working in summer, and so they didn't really have the time to take care of me so I was just going to the glacier by myself kind of I remember when I was eight I could already like you know take the bus or my grandma would uh, drive me to the lift and I would spend like my days on the glacier so that's been big for me for sure it's not only winters you know but I could I could go up there there was always like a half pipe and a super good park for... It actually didn't change. It's still the same thing, but for back then, it was really good, you know? And uh, so, yeah, that was amazing to have this. Uh, this guy was raised by a glacier, He was yeah. pretty much. Yeah. yeah for kids, it, was it. <laughs> raised by a glacier. <laughs> yeah. And then the afternoons, we were just, like, coming down, going skateboarding, going trampoline, going, like, I don't know. It was, like, so easy for kids to grow up there. It was so nice.
1: Yeah, and you have, uh, I don't know, everybody knows you as a backcountry snowboarder today and and sees you doing side hits and things like that, but you have a deep half-pipe background. So I'm curious, at what age did you get on that French national team and and things start working for you?
2: Oh, yeah. So the pipe, it's always been there in Les Alpes. So I've had, like, you know, I was in the club, we were, like, going snowboarding with kids and we had these people like taking care of us so it wasn't really serious uh in the beginning but we were still like going to contests when we were already 10 11 uh, going to other resorts that had uh, other half pipes and we were just already just competing and like doing some kind of uh french uh, championships and stuff like this so i remember i was uh I was like a French uh, champion of my category when I was maybe 11 already. And so, you know, I had a feeling for Halfpipe and, uh, and then it kept going. And basically in France, when you're like becoming maybe 14, 15, you have access to a school where you can uh, basically be in boarding school and snowboarding and having the winters uh, free. And, but that means you have to be uh, a part of the federation. So you enter some kind of like, you know, you have a coach, you have that school, which is kind of set up for alpine skier. And so we had to fit this and and it didn't necessarily work out all the time, but that was like amazing. We were like doing so much sport and and that w- we were really lucky. We had people bringing us to the contest all the time and... Maybe I did, like, a first World Cup when I was 15 in Italy or something like this. Uh, so that was, like, really good memories. But, yeah, at some point I got kicked out of of the team. Yeah.
1: Well, it worked out. I'm glad it worked out. And, and we should talk about halfpipe uh, fundamentals because a lot of the greatest snowboarders of all time come from a halfpipe background. You know, we had Ben Ferguson on recently. Uh, he's obviously made a great transition, I think, about... Nicholas and, and all these riders that just have, have come from Halfpipe and gone on to do great things in all uh facets of snowboarding. So how would you say that that Halfpipe, you know, shaped the way that you ride?
2: Yeah, I think it's uh as you say it's true for like all the people like Danny Davis, Ben Ferguson, like Terrier, all the all the riders, you know, that have spend time in the pipe they're like really good at snowboarding and i think what we say about it is that maybe you're on your edge so much you know from one edge to another and there's this like timing thing we were talking about about the takeoff you know you just have to do with the terrain so much you can't uh pop if you pop early you're just not you're not gonna make it or too late you're not gonna make it as well so there's probably this kind of like you it shapes your your kind of your feeling for for snowboarding a lot and yeah, once again it's about the timing and maybe the the control on your edges to be able to go fast and like uh, pump as well, you know. So there's like all the the aspects of being good on a snowboard in a half pipe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Generate speed and carry speed and hold an edge. When I look at your your kind of snowboarding mechanics from a from kind of a, like a nerd perspective, I, I love watching the way that you do it because you come up the, uh, like the way you pop on a jump is very similar to the way you do it in a half pipe. Like sometimes your front side sevens off of a jump have a similar head turn to maybe a front side nine in the pipe. And I love the way that you, you kind of have patience. That's how I describe your jump style where you, or, or half pipe style where you come, you, you wait, 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 pop. And then I even noticed that you kind of wait to grab. And then it's like, everything's slowed down. And, um, yeah, do you do you have any insight to to the patience of your writing? I uh, yeah I mean first of all, I would say I do what I can do <laughs> you
2: know it just comes the way it comes uh, but um, yeah, like in half I, waiting was always, like, a key, you know, like, uh, one of our first coach, uh, with Oli, which is maybe gonna come later on, uh, with us, uh, he was always, always saying, like, you have to wait until you just, like, uh, initiate, like, some kind of spin or something, uh, that's really key in a half pipe, and I maybe, like, do this on a jump as well, kind of naturally, um, and that, probably helps like you know as soon as you you put too much weight on your edge on the takeoff or something it's it's never really a good thing so waiting is always and and you're always gonna be too early anyway you know so you have to wait uh, as long as you can
1: i think that's great advice for beginners because it's like the number one mistake you see in the half pipe and a jump is the the pre-spin and then, or reaching for your grab too early. So. And also, if yeah. you don't
2: wait,
0: you're going to be in the flat bottom or on the deck too. So you're smart yeah. with it. Yeah,
2: better be late. And it's, it's impossible anyway to be too late.
0: I have a Patreon question about the half pipe. And uh, this is from Thomas Portet. If you could do it all over again from the beginning, would you spend as much time in the half pipe and why?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, that's a good question, but it's like, uh, I think about anything in life, you know, once you, once your life have gone one way, you know, it's hard to be like, oh, I would have done it another way. And, and, you know, I mean, it's, uh, we're only talking about half pipe, but I think I wouldn't have changed anything cause it's, it's the way it's shaped. Uh, uh, I was never overthinking of like the way I should do things. Uh, so much, or especially in snowboarding, like, things came naturally. Uh, one thing after the next, and, and you know, I believe that, yeah, half-pipe made the snowboarder I am, so, yeah, I wouldn't change anything. Yeah.
0: Nice. Why have regrets? You know, your life m- went great. Yeah, Look yeah,
2: totally, for sure.
1: So, going back to, you know, kind of climbing the ladder as a competitive half-pipe rider, uh, back in the day, I remember, did you ride for Apo, snowboard. Yeah, I did Apo mm-hmm. when I
2: was around eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Pro model. Yeah, pro model. Like a uh, pretty uh, super ugly. <laughs> 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 I still have the board. I'm like really ashamed by now, but uh, yeah, yeah. That was my name on the board. You yeah. and
1: Colonel Kotzenberg. Oh, sage. that's right. Um, and then you went to the Olympics. So I want to, I want to hear about your Olympic experience.
2: Yeah. I uh, so I've been to Vancouver in 2010 um and that's kind of when i was not super focused on half pipe i was like uh i was doing uh, video parts and i was like a bit like maybe 2 years before this i was kind of a uh, Not in the team anymore because, like, because of you know, they didn't want me in the team anymore, and so I was doing Arctic Challenge and more like TTR on my own, and I was not really a part of the team. But the summer before, they were like, Okay, you can come and come to Mont Hood, train with us, and practice and see where it goes, and so that went really well. And maybe two weeks before the Olympics, there was a World Cup in, in Calgary, and that was kind of like make the team for France and I won this uh, World Cup. So they were like, OK, you're going to Vancouver now. And so that was exciting. I was not really super ready for it. But in the same time, I I had learned um, uh, the double cork in uh, actually in Park City, like a week before the, the game. So that was exciting. I could go with a good trick in the run and and um Yeah, a bit random. I didn't expect it to be there, like, you know, and and suddenly I was in in the Olympic Games and I think Vancouver is kind of One of the best places you can have the games, you know, it's like so made for it. And that was a big, uh, a big party for like two weeks. That was that was actually yeah amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That was really good. Did you get a gold medal in partying or what? Uh, After (laughs) our contest, we went like pretty hard. Yeah. (laughs) So he did get the gold for five days. Yeah, gold. Yeah, not in the half pipe. That's for sure. In the after hours, in the half pipe, I, I didn't do that well, but you know, being part of it was was good enough i wasn't bombed uh, not to do like any any performance or whatever and uh and yeah the whole, uh, atmosphere was amazing and what i remember from it is uh how big of a thing you think it is you know from the outside when you see it on tv and like uh all these commercials and thing and it or the Olympic games. And when you're in it, you actually don't see all this stuff. So it's like way more intimate and way smaller in some ways. And that was a cool experience. And then I went to Sochi as
1: well. And you got a severe wrist injury before Sochi, right? No,
2: actually that was after Sochi.
1: That was after. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. Sochi, Sochi was different. I really trained like for two years before going. I was doing all the like U.S. Open, X Games, and stuff, and I was, I was pretty good at this time, uh, doing like finals sometimes and having chances of like maybe podium sometimes if I didn't fall. But I fell a lot, and uh, so Sochi was different. I was going with uh, with hope of like maybe doing something there and then I I got a little rib injury like a month before so I carried this to uh, to Sochi that didn't help and actually the day of the contest was the worst day ever but uh, again like the whole experience of going to Olympic was was amazing. And I remember what I loved about it is that once I decided to go for two years, I didn't have to think about something else. And people would ask me, yo, what do you do or whatever? And I was like, yeah, I'm I'm training for Olympics. And that just made my life like so much easier for two years of having a goal, like for so long. And that was kind of the first time of my life I kind of had this feeling.
1: Yeah. Now, I have a question. Being a, a competitive half pipe writer and also doing video parts, were you were you enjoying your time while you were competing? Like were you having fun or did it feel like a grind?
2: Uh, that's a good question. But I think it's uh it was never like Always good or always bad, you know, there was like up and downs and some, I mean, you know, when you compete, uh, you of course going to like it when you do a good result or where you like, you know, land your run. Uh, it's easy to enjoy it for sure. And some other times where you feel tired and maybe the conditions are not as nice and yeah, you come back from a fun uh, you know, fun filming trip and you're in this environment again of like putting the, the bib on and and trying to do something in bad weather when you don't want to, yeah, it could it could suck as well. So uh but overall like, you know, when I look back I just have like a you know good feeling about it. So I think it was good like this.
1: Perfect. Yeah. We we always ask this question too, just curious about, you know, competing at such a high level, I always wondered what people are doing at the top of these Half pipe runs or slope style, you know, are you, A, are you listening to music? Are you one of those like people that's like doing weird Mr. Miyagi like shit where you're visualizing? What What were you doing to get the right headspace before you dropped in?
2: Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think you're, it depends. Sometimes you're late coming. It's your, it's your turn and you're like, oh, okay, getting ready. And you don't have time to think about all this. And sometimes you have like way too much time to kill. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm unfortunately a, a smoker, so I would, <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely smoke a ton of cigarettes on top. He just has a pile of butts <laughs> next to <year>. you. <Yeah>, fume. <laughs> yeah. You're like, know, uh, how long do I drop? Uh, there's time for a ciggy. Uh, this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Listening to music as well sometimes. And, but anyway, as soon as we had enough time, we would like take a lap, you know, to to just go ride and try to time it when you have to drop, kind of a little bit. I picture you
1: dropping in, listening to like fucking Beethoven or some <laughs> shit. What do you that? What too. do you got in the headphones? <laughs> is it like we listen to the Young Dolph? We listen yeah, to the what's, Beethoven? What's what do we slap in there? Uh, that's yeah.
2: I don't know. You, I I never listened to music when I was doing high-pipe, But yeah. what I would listen to is. uh would be probably some kind of I mean chill rock music, uh some cozy cozy rock. Yeah. Cozy like rock. Classic yeah. rock or no cozy? cozy rock. What's cozy rock. Cozy, cozy rock. <laughs> <ever>. <laughs> <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard of cozy rock. It's comfortable. Like, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Throw some bands in the, the doors, me. you know. Oh the doors. The, the doors, doors. doors feels like so cozy. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. could feel that. Yeah. The doors There's are go. Cozy
1: rock and roll band. Yeah. Yeah. It's very cozy. Well, this is a good time to get into a guest question. Uh, while, you know, you mentioned c- cigarettes here. Um, <laughs> so we got another one from Pearly. Here we go. Hey,
0: Arthur.
2: It's Pearly. Uh, I hope you're doing good. Um, I have a question for you. Uh, one day mm-hmm. we were in a car, and you told me you you randomly run a marathon without training or barely.
0: And uh, how is it possible, like, you run that
3: long with, like, smoking that many CVs, and what's the secret?
1: (laughs) No, yeah, actually, during this time, I wasn't smoking.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. So you ran a marathon off the couch?
2: Yeah. No, yeah, that was the end of a season, uh, and, yeah, a season where I didn't smoke, uh, because I've been off sometimes for a year or two, and... uh, and uh, yeah end of the season my dad and my brother were interested in like running a marathon and we ran the marathon of uh, Copenhagen and so I didn't I didn't run with cigarettes and uh, that went out like really really nice I loved it it was great <laughs>
1: This guy's a freak. He's a, he's yeah, a freak. He's gonna go run a marathon. Yeah, I mean, chill. yeah <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, just gonna run a marathon. Okay.
2: Yeah, that was too long. I, like when I was doing it, I was like, okay, never again. <laughs> this, this type of thing.
1: Yeah, a
0: little bit of that type two fun.
2: Class yeah. B. Class B. Well, I
1: love the, I love like your I love your fucking Frenchness, Arthur. Because it's like you know this guy he wakes up he like has a cup of coffee he smokes a cigarette ah, maybe we'll go up into the hill. You know, like very like lets the day develop. Yeah. So I want you to walk us through an average day, maybe in spring in Chamonix. Just like just take us through a day of Arthur, what it looks like.
2: Uh yeah, when we go shred, basically I'd say we just uh. We- you know, the good thing about resorts is that they don't open super early. Like they open around eight, nine, and I think that's kind of a good timing, if you want to be early it's 9, it's not too early and that's really cool and so we wake up, I would say and kind of lag listen to music and and try to decide where we would go and usually it's with Oli and, and Perli, you know and we have to stop, get a sandwich for Oli at the bakery uh, we have to stop maybe three times for me to get a coffee in different spots <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, we have to buy the passes and slowly but surely we get on the <laughs> mountain at some point. <laughs> and, and then usually we drop the bags and we start like taking a few laps and see if we get inspired by any spots or by, you know, the the vibe of the day. They, sometimes it's just, it's not nice and we don't force it. You know, we we go back to the lodge, have some food or sometimes we just like click like see like one little spot and that's that's enough to get us excited you know
1: mm. i think what you said is really important there too about uh taking warm-up laps like mm. drop in the pack everybody take some runs because it's not always like that
0: yeah don't force it right
1: yeah so now
2: uh i would say when i was younger yeah it was a bit more classic like going to the spot like right away you know boot pack to the spot and maybe shape the thing and uh uh I got more comfortable with like being myself like recently the last years and doing it the way I wanted to do it. And it's way better to take laps, you know, just you get in the, you you get better stuff in the end and better feeling and everything. So it's, it's not only about like doing one thing and getting it done, but like try to do it with like,
1: you know, as much pleasure as possible. Yeah. Enjoy the process. Love that style, man. That sounds great. All right, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about some socks. Jed Anderson rides them, Jill Perkins rides them, and I ride them. Of course, you know I'm talking about Stance. If you've ever seen a pair of socks with the Icon logo on the ankle, then you know about Stance. Stance has been making some of the most comfortable and creatively designed socks and underwear for the snowboarding community for a while. They also make Celtics, Boston Red Sox gear. I got all kinds of collaborative gear from them, but lately their designers have been bringing in the same winning formula to clothing. We're talking joggers, hoodies, hats, and tees. They even got a Wu-Tang collab. Things kind of fire. Toe-to-head comfort and creativity. Head on over to Stance.com and use promo code bombhole to save 20% off. Again, Stance.com, promo code bombhole. Let's get
0: back into it. Uh, we have a Patreon question. From Bo Brown, how many days do you spend each season riding at the resort?
2: Uh, yeah, so um, one time I counted, and I think it was like about 120 days, like on the course from like November to April. So that was like many days. I was really trying to get many days that that winter, and uh, and you know it's obviously the. Best uh, thing you could do to like be on point is if, if your body is following. You know, I would say that would be maybe one day out of two you're just snowboarding, and that that's amazing. That's what I'm looking for. But also I'm traveling a lot and uh, I've been living in the city for for a long time, so I didn't always have these uh, these winters where I would have like a plus hundred days. But uh, now I'm living in uh, in Chamonix in France with a season pass and I'm looking forward to spend just like as many days as possible on the on the hill. You were telling me earlier too there's like
0: six different resorts Yeah, right there. Yeah, it's Ooh. nice.
2: We, we say Chamonix but when we say Chamonix I think we talk about the valley and there's like uh, it's a it's a tiny valley and there's like six little uh, resorts. Uh, just uh, so you get like north aspect south aspect and all type of elevation and terrain and so in a small little zone it's uh, there's a lot of variety it's super super nice yeah when
0: people think chamonix you think these big mountains kind of above tree line but it's more than that right there's yeah all it is types of for
2: sure uh, you could you could say that the big mountains there it's almost a landscape you know you're not necessarily on them and then you're like, or my style is to go like close to the forest, like around like six thousand feet, chill. Uh, you know, good temperatures, not too high, and there's the best terrain there. So, so you see the the big stuff, but you're not necessarily on it. It's it's more of a landscape. You're more of a vibe, huh? Yeah, definitely. That's cool.
1: Yeah. So going back to just thinking about your riding, um, you know, if you look at the stuff you've been doing currently, it's a lot of really high speed you know, hand dug or like natural side hit that minimal build and precision, you know, 100 foot gap into, you know, five foot landing, like very precision sniper landings. Uh, and, and you just appear to be so goddamn comfortable on your snowboard. Uh, I mean, you may have already answered that, but what what is, what is the what's the key to being so comfortable on mm-hmm. your damn board? Um...
2: Yeah, uh, I really don't know. But again, I think it's because I've done it my whole life, you know, and like a lot. So I think I'm sometimes I think about this like there's not many things or there's there's no other thing in my life where I, that I can do that good, you know, and it's it's a good feeling. Just because I've been lucky to to be put on a snowboard when I was five. And and yeah, I, I also yeah get a feeling for this. I don't know. It's a kind of natural and something is shaped like over so long, you know. But uh, you were talking about transfers and stuff. And I know that for me, it's the most like uh, motivating and exciting thing about snowboarding. Because I'm not like this guy that is going to spin like, crazy tricks with like all kind of dra- uh, grabs or I'm not too technical in this way, but when it comes to like arrive on the spot, like having a feeling for like how much speed you need to just reach that little pocket there. Uh That's what excites me. And, and usually I'm, I'm kind of accurate with this and uh yeah, I think it's, I got it from doing it a lot. Yeah.
1: we I
0: got a Patreon question. Go um, ahead. Go ahead. Tailor up your or backs up your question. Yeah, this is from Geezer. You go absolutely huge. Does Volcom have to make your pants special for your massive balls?
3: People <laughs> want to know, special fit. Yeah, yeah. that's a good is question. Is it a custom fit?
2: Uh, fuck, I don't have a joke to reply to this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're actually kind of skinny at the moment. <laughs> <There> was- <laughs> there was a moment uh, there was a problem with the the last sample collection uh, they, they were, couldn't
0: fit your balls
2: they yeah <laughs> I, they could have more space
3: yeah
2: <laughs> uh, not that they're big or oh f- <laughs> I don't want to get into the details for sure. perfect <laughs> <laughs> all right
1: love that well um you you kind of breezed over this, but this is this is kind of an interesting wormhole to get into because you used to live in Berlin for many years, and then we traveled to the mountains, and now you're back where you kind of grew up in the mountains again, right? Living in yeah. the mountains, and so I guess I'm curious as to like the lifestyle and just overall maybe life happiness of of what what do you think the mountains do for that? What what do you enjoy about the mountains? Maybe aside from snowboarding too, you know.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think it's uh, like it it could be hard to be away from like your natural environment. And I I think I I was really from like a village uh, in the mountains. So, you know, I'm a a village kid from the mountains. So that's what I am deeply. And I had to go to the city, uh, discover other things. Uh, you know the excitement of a city is insane and I think I really love the way it shaped me and uh, what it brought you know there was like uh, all the all the music all the art all these people you could meet and uh, it's not necessarily something that happens in the in a mountain environment so much I think so for me it was really important to have both but at some point living in the city when i was when i'm a snowboarder and stuff i was like definitely starting to miss being in the mountains and as you say not only for the snowboarding but also just during summer you know i'm like also flying paragliding i'm kind of um climbing and there's some skate anyway as well in the mountains you know skate parks and stuff so i feel that it's uh, it's more of a natural habitat for me um you know, with the options of like always being the forest, always being the mountains, and uh, yeah, it's just more natural for me. But I was super happy to get the the influence from the the city as
1: well. Yeah, you mentioned uh, when we were skating yesterday that you recently got into like picking mushrooms. I want to hear about that. Uh, Wait, what,
0: what type of mushrooms?
1: Uh the the ones that uh, we draw and they're like. <laughs> like
2: this yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know the the ones like the yeah the ones the ones (laughs) uh yeah it's it's funny a friend is into this and she showed me like where to pick them and i was like oh fuck that's that's really fun i like this and then i was watching videos and then so i could really recognize them now and uh, they're actually growing quite a bit in chamonix and so i was like going picking mushrooms like in this like cow fields uh, close to the forest in the sun and it's they're small they're not easy to find but you know sometimes you just like find 10 of them and you're like oh cool like they're so cute and (laughs) and so it's it's been fun and now they're dry and yeah I'm waiting for next season to pick them up. They again. just grow naturally, easy to find, huh? Yeah, not easy to find. You have to spot them. Maybe there's a timing thing as well. Yeah. Uh, when we went there, like uh, we were not the only ones to. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> to look
0: there's down. other people.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a few, few kids there uh, looking for mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Louis
1: Paradis also a big uh, mushroom. Uh, picker. Pour manger as well, not just uh, for for everything. Yeah, for, uh, more for the taste. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just about foraging, yeah. huh? They like yeah. to forage? Yeah, Victor
2: Davier is really into this as well. Yeah. He's like he can talk about it forever. Uh I'm I'm not like this yet, but I will I will have more knowledge about not only the little Little ones. How did you yeah. learn how to pick?
1: How did you learn which ones to pick?
2: Uh, from, from you know, internet, you can learn so much. Uh, even this, yeah, just everything, you know. And uh, if if you're interested, I'll, I'll show you the video. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and you
0: have to dry them out. You can't just pop up, clean them, and eat them, huh?
2: Uh, I think you can. Oh, you can? Uh, yeah, right. it's up to you. It's uh, up to you how you, you want know, to do you it. You know, you have to be a bit adventurous if yeah. you do this. Like, you, know, you never know exactly what's going to what happen. What you're going to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's better to dry them, probably.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, I noticed, um, we're going we're gonna to go deep, deep talk, but as I've gotten older, we live in a city here in Salt Lake, and in the city, I've noticed sometimes my stress levels are higher, and, and I need to escape from the city to just bring my, my stress levels down and ground. And as I've gotten older, I've come to appreciate, like I'm like, what kind of tree is that? that I like those leaves. What kind of bird is that like I feel uh I feel a deeper connection as I've gotten older in the mountains Uh, do you feel the same in any way like it helps ground you yeah for sure and maybe
2: uh, the difference is that I notice it you know when I was younger maybe I didn't really notice it but it was already the case probably but now I feel that we talk a lot about this you know like you know how people get comfortable in life and and so i think we, maybe we're more aware of what's good or bad for us and uh, when you start noticing it it's it's really powerful like you can i f- me personally i go in the forest and i really like chill down like a lot and uh, i also got my amount of stress and like you know my my thoughts and you know like a head which is not necessarily like always like fun to deal with or whatever and uh, I like these little tricks of like you know going to the nature and focusing on like simple things and uh, also I'm like doing a bit of art and uh, and I try to if you want to be an artist, you have to try to kind of like be more aware of like what's uh, in front of you and like be more curious, you know, and try to see things like another way. So that's a really good uh, exercise, too. But I totally feel you about like feeling good in the mountains and in the forest.
1: Elaborate on, the, on being more curious because that's super interesting to me.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I read it from so many artists but it's it was my experience as well like at some point when I was in Berlin I had a studio and I was doing it like a, a bit more frequently like every day I would try to paint and stuff but it's it was like way more uh, of just you know like starting your stuff like one day like this it was actually living it and uh, that was like a mindset that I really loved and that doesn't happen all the time but for maybe a few months I was like living this way of like constantly looking for inspiration or trying to uh to figure out what you want to translate with your art and stuff so it's uh it it was like way more than going to the room and doing the stuff it was more when you take a walk in the streets you're like almost making art already in your head you know and, and I think that has to do something with curiosity. Maybe when you're, sometimes when you, you get caught in the daily life or like in, in your stress or whatever, you forget, you know, to to see things and to appreciate like little things. And so it's a good exercise to, uh, to or a good reminder. I always tell myself like, yeah, just keep, keep being curious.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I love dogs. You know, I love watching my dog in the morning because he's he's so curious. He's like going and seeing Every thing, little thing. Every huh? little thing. He's like, what's this over here? What's this? I'm watching him. He's like, curiosity is like through yeah. the roof. Uh, now, you talked about s- actively seeking inspiration through curiosity as it pertains to art. Now, do you actively seek inspiration on your snowboard as well in your approach? Uh, yeah, for sure. But again, uh,
2: this could come from actually more the feelings and like, you know, the the flow you can get from snowboarding and uh, and you always like, basically, if you're in a good mindset, you're probably, you have good chances to just ride good, you know, and so it's all about like trying to, uh, to be in your comfort zone and then doing it. And then by doing it, you just get in this kind of like flow feelings that are, like, inspiring. I don't know if it makes sense. It makes but sense. Yeah. It yeah, does. Yeah. You know, chasing that flow. Yeah. So you
0: talk a lot about flow and the flow state. Yeah. You uh, Do you feel you're able to get into that flow state mode a yeah. lot?
2: Yeah, with snowboarding a lot, and uh, I think with skateboarding as well. Uh, with art, actually, not so much. Like, I'm kind of like, uh, or it depends, but um to make it simple with snowboarding it's kind of like for me it's almost like pressing a button i can like you know i can zoom out and just be doing this and it's there's not that many things in life where you can be like okay I'm like completely doing this but with uh, snowboarding it still does the trick on me you know I'm like not thinking about anything I'm just trusting my feelings my my whatever reflexes or you know my abilities to just like do it the way I do it and it's really yeah it's easy to get a flow state for me in snowboarding
3: what I shows, hear too right?
1: yeah t- it shows totally and I think about this too when you when you reach those levels of peak confidence when you're really really confident on the snowboard I think that comes from snowboarding a lot and I think when you're snowboarding a lot and you're confident, It's a lot easier to feel natural and be in that that flow state is what I'm hearing you say.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, And I kind of make it sound maybe a little too easy because, you know, sometimes you have like back pain and it's hard to forget that pain. You know, you're just not going to snowboard as good. But maybe sometimes you have that pain, but because of the spots or because of the day, the weather, the vibe, like whatever, uh, you, you can forget about this pain and just like enter that that state where you're just like a bit more natural yeah
1: now i always wonder about this too is what percentage of snowboarding are you doing in your mind are you someone that daydreams and dreams and thinks about tricks and is constantly spinning or are you somebody that just shows up and the the spot presents itself and it happens more naturally
2: uh i i love to mind the shred for sure mind shred yeah mind the skate a lot like when I was in the city, I was like always like going to bed, like skating in my head for a few, you know, for 10, 20 minutes. And I loved it. And for snowboarding, it's, it's maybe a little less because, you know, I've been snowboarding for so long. And maybe skateboarding is a bit more exciting almost than snowboarding at the moment for me. Uh, so not as much, but I'm a mind trader for sure. I, I love it. Like, uh, you know, and... And I think you can almost like get better doing this, or you know, progress, or or get inspired as well uh, from it. Is sometimes you just have to to think a bit more about what you could do and, and new things you could do. Yeah,
1: yeah you're visualizing, feeling, right? The feeling, and yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, we got a guest question from Blake Paul. Here we go.
4: What up, bomb hole? Um, Arthur, I was wondering if you could take us through what you bring in your backpack out in the backcountry. I know there's usually not a lot in there. It usually feels pretty light. I've seen a bottle of Coke, maybe a couple smashed up bananas. Um, So, yeah, if you could run us through that. And also um, just what your approach is to finding spots um, on the resort and how you kind of look at gaps and stuff. All right. Thanks, guys.
2: Cool. Yeah, I think uh, I'm gonna talk about him then, not me, because he's like, <laughs> he's kind of the gear god. I call him. is uh, is <laughs> pretty good about like you know bringing the little sandwich in the little box that is not going to like spill in the backpack and stuff like this. Uh, he has layers, you know, the good layers that I don't have. I just have like you know cotton t shirts, <laughs> and they're always wet or sweaty. And so, yeah, uh, he always made, uh, Blake always made fun of me because I just, I'm not, yeah, I'm not comfortable in the (laughs) backcountry. I just, I don't help myself to be comfortable. Uh, So, what's in my backpack, there's probably gonna be a smashed banana. Uh <laughs> c- cigarettes, like for sure. <laughs> Cause when you're far in the backcountry and you run out, it it's really it's not fun. Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> you want the lighter for it, uh maybe two. And uh and a bunch of water. I I yeah. I water is the thing I, I can't not have, because uh, yeah, I always drink water when I when we're when we're in the backcountry. Uh, what else? Uh, yeah, a few a few tools. You know the classics like uh, beacon and all the stuff. But I'm I'm pretty loose with uh, with gearing up, and <laughs> that's that was the point of the question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, and for finding spots, uh, I feel that it's one of the most exciting part for me of snowboarding. Like when I get in a new spot, it's like opening the eyes and like scanning the terrain. And uh, and yeah, it became one of the most enjoyable thing I can do on my snowboard is just to look for spots, and uh, and you know once you have inspiration from skateboarding, surfing, snowboarding, like so many options you can do with the terrain, uh, then you start like seeing stuff even if they're not too obvious. Uh, but there's always the obvious spot you know in a ski resort you're gonna look at this one for sure and maybe it works maybe it doesn't but it helps you to zoom in and maybe discover like something else you know um, it's the same in backcountry like a few years ago with Black we went like we were at the bottom of like a super nice uh, little, uh, little mountain you know and we were like seeing the spots from the bottom but we were like I was the the first day. I was like, "Fuck! What what could I do there?" And I was not really inspired. Then we started writing it, and and it was endless. By writing it, we were just zooming in and finding new little things to do all the time. Yeah. So uh, zooming in, being curious again, scanning, scanning the mountains, and for me, it's uh, one of the exciting part of snowboarding. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's obvious. You're uh, the way you're seeking out those landings, like in natural selection.
1: Yeah, Woo. sniper gang.
0: Those sniper gang landings. Yeah. That's that was like my favorite part of the, that event. Cool. What is it? Scary cherry? Was it that that the run? Well, rate?
1: no, that was uh, the Which Jackson. One? Jackson. The Jackson Hall. one. Jackson. Yeah, where he
0: just did that crazy cross court line. And it's just like that's the classic style of riding we like to see from you. So that's awesome.
2: Cool. Nice. Yeah, that spot was really cool. Maybe the course is like a little bit like a. Straightforward, which is I'm not like super good at jumping straight. So I'm always like looking for the side stuff. And uh, this one was semi lining up, you know, when I saw it, when we were the day before, like boot, in the boot pack.
1: And uh, that was a good option for me in the course. Yeah. Was it nerve wracking when you were riding natural selection? Were you scared at the top?
2: Yeah, I was scared, but uh, a bit like here, you know, you're scared before, but not when you do it. Uh, so it's something you have to accept like you know you, all of us were like nervous before and there's nothing you can do about it so it is and once you once you're actually doing it it's so, such a relief yeah. he just compared talking on
1: the bomb hole <laughs> to competing at the <laughs> natural selection so sick <laughs> you know what I mean like <laughs> so if yeah. that's the case would you consider Eastone <coughs> uh, the Travis Rice of uh, basically uh, podcast. podcasting yeah, totally. The
2: the, the the master, you know, with Travis, you're like a bit like
1: uh, a bit scared from Travis.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, we talked contests, and Pearly wanted me to bring this up because I don't know where this goes. But uh, at Euro X Games, you got second place. Perley wanted me to ask you about the after party after that event.
2: Oh, yeah, that was a uh, I mean, everybody was really happy for me, you know, like to do something in like this in France. I wasn't put, like doing podiums that much and and I got lucky or I was kind of like, you know, uh, lifted by the crowd of like having my parents there, my grandma, my friends at the bottom of the pipe, and this happened, you know, to get second. Uh, this is super exciting and of course there was like all the French homies there ready to party and so that was a nice one everybody was on fire and I think they all had like a super good night as good as I did probably and there was a lot of uh, bow of champagne is, is this what he talks about? He, just, he
1: didn't He didn't give me any details he said you just have to ask him about that night Yeah, yeah there was like a lot of champagne going on and uh, I think I'm
2: not sure who paid for it, but uh, I think there was a trick. Maybe Monster or like some brands ended up paying for all the champagne we just wasted, like blowing to each other. So <laughs> basically,
0: was, nobody paid for it. You just yeah, shook them up, popping yeah, yeah, bottles. Basically, and, yeah. Oh,
2: hope somebody's got this tab. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was probably a heavy one. Uh, but yeah, super good memory. Uh, all the friends were so happy for me, and you know, it's a, it's such a good feeling.
1: Now going back with um, contests, you know tran- transitioning from a contest writer into filming video parts and getting in the backcountry, what did that look like for you? I, yeah, that was like, I always kind of mixed the
2: two and there was a bit of a timing where, uh, you know, the contest there early in the season, maybe it's like intense until February or March. And then you have time for like March, April of like trying to get shots. And for many years, it was like this for me trying to save, like make a little part at the end of the winter, uh, going to uh, Scandinavia or the places that had snow like a bit later and uh, that was always exciting and trying to squeeze maybe a filming trip between contest, and I was just going with the flow, you know, and trying to mix uh, everything the way I could, but probably doing a little too much to uh, to do it proper. I was in the end not really good in contest, and maybe I could have done better in filming. So I was just trying to do a little too much maybe, but it was also the the balance I kind of had somehow.
1: Yeah. Perfect. Well, in regards to what we're talking about, we have a guest question from Jake Price. Here we go. Hey, Bombhole. Hey, Alfred. Quick question for you. Just wondering if you could explain to the viewers the difference between us filming on a resort, let's say at Locks or Chamonix, compared to filming in the backcountry in, let's say, Revelstoke or Whistler. Um, Which do you prefer? Tres un putan de mac. That's so bad. You're the fucking man. Later.
2: Yeah, Jake, love you. Uh, thanks for the question. Uh, it's very, very different. Uh, you know, we've been talking about a, a little bit about what a day looks like. You know, when we ride in Europe, and I think it's uh, it's pretty rare that we're like, okay, tomorrow is the day. We have to be on point. for are be in the backcountry, like full day not seeing anyone uh the way it happens in Revelstoke, for instance the way uh Jake said um when we're in bc like on the sleds we're just basically you know putting gas in the sled at five in the morning and trying to fix up like a little food for the rest of the day and once you're out you're out you know it's not like uh, there's no, you're just like way more in the element. And that's so exciting for me because, uh, you know, we've been to places with Jack where there wouldn't be anyone, you know, like around us. There would just be like Pat Moore, Jake Price, and me just in a little mountain like this alone uh, trying to get some shots, you know. So it's like very different. In Europe, we're always like, close to people, close to a lodge or whatever. We have like a lot of coffee breaks and, you know, it's, it's very different. And, um, and I enjoyed the both, you know, uh, I think maybe Europe is like a little comes easy for us. Uh, we're not stressing it. And usually we find a spot we don't have like to go at five in the morning and, uh, and you, we also have to trust the the process a little bit. You know, sometimes uh, there's a new storm and there's that good day and you stress out if you're not doing something the, the next morning, you know. But it takes time and sometimes it takes us until like the afternoon of finding a spot and, you know, doing it like a little late, but it works in the end. And so... Um, yeah, very different the two, but uh I love that I could experience uh, the American way, uh, the Canadian way, the uh, yeah, North America.
1: <laughs> How's your skill set and your learning curve getting on the snowmobile?
2: I it was actually not too bad, maybe from like biking or something and uh, learning from Jake, you know, Jake is pretty rowdy on the on the sled and uh, he Taught me kind of the hard way, I guess. You know, just have to like dig your sled out all the time, trying not to put it in a tree. And the rest is like, you know, trying to be cautious and like focused and. Uh it, it was good. It was good, but there was time where I would like lose confidence and I would be scared on the sled like to, like for no reason, you know. And some other it's the same as snowboarding. Sometimes you'd have the confidence and you could like climb a crazy cra- crazy thing with the sled and I was surprised I could do this. Were mm-hmm. yeah. you
0: on a sick sled?
2: Yeah, yeah, like
3: Skidoo
0: skidoo
2: proper skidoo?
0: Like I, I only ride skidoo I mean skidoo's the best skidoo wow same for me I only ride skidoo <laughs> we bleed do over here but yeah it's just it's do or nothing huh? <laughs> it's do or die it's do or die where I go from. this is it. an interesting so, take switch there bud
1: He was diehard Polaris last what? time I talked no. to him me no wait no do way. or
2: die do or die man yep. no Polaris for sure not <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no brand new skidoo like so yeah, that's actually nice. a pretty
1: funny story basically like Jake bought a brand new skidoo for Arthur put it on his sled deck and, really and then you just wired in the money and flew out and we were like okay we're good to go right yeah
2: that's a. I would say that's typical Jack you know he hooks up like everything all the time and he's amazing like he's always have like you know, this kind of a. Uh, he had a camper van and like stuff on the tracks and like two sleds, one brand new for me. And I just had to wire him the money. He took care of everything. And one day I arrived in Canada and my sled was there. And it was just too easy. He made it too easy. <laughs> And but I think in the same time he was like really happy to have like a homie to do this kind of stuff like all winter with him you know because he loves the adventure um, he's amazing to follow you know he's like always looking on maps and trying to mm-hmm. get to new zones and uh and I think for him it's important to have like a French guy that follows him, you know, and says <laughs> yes to everything. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, that
0: sounds like a match made in heaven, right yeah, there. Yeah,
2: yeah, totally. Yeah, we're
0: we we're matching
1: out in uh, landline year, I believe. In chatter, we saw you late season. That was yeah. super fun. We were camping out in this muddy parking lot mm-hmm. and getting after it and he got all kinds of sick shots
2: yeah that's amazing this part, this place is crazy like but again like Jake made it so nice we had like a little caravan in the (laughs) in the back of the truck and we were sleeping in this in the parking lot and uh and the terrain is amazing and yeah we saw you like what super good snow Mm -hmm. uh there was maybe a bit sketchy there was avalanches during this time but amazing place and i would like to go back for sure
0: And you just have a sled here now
2: in North America? No, I sold it. Uh, I sold it. I got the cash back. But uh, yeah, ready to buy another one. Solid
0: move. Yeah, you just buy a new one if you have to.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes sense. Like Instead of renting, you know, you have like a brand new one. It works, and you sell it back. Uh, it's uh, actually kind of smooth. Yeah, the renting is if, is really expensive. And the dad, the dad of Jake, uh, sold it for me. <laughs> <laughs> of course.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so Shout out, out to
1: Price. <laughs> yeah, totally. Mini bike. Oh my god! Thank dad you, Dad of Jake. So yeah. going back, to what he was talking about, I think it's kind of cool to revisit because you know he asked the differences between filming at the resort versus filming backcountry via snowmobile, where you're sledding around, you're getting up early. And you kind of broke all the rules with she and side hit euphoria with basically in snowboarding, you want this cheese wedge that's pristine and nobody steps around and there's no footprints and there's no tracks. And it's just like you just want this mythical wedge that's in a powder field. Right. That's kind of the rules of of snowboard filming, the unwritten Whoever the, the body yeah, who, of the governing body that wrote the <laughs> Declaration of Snowboard Independence of said that you don't want you know, tracks and and then you watch your footage from under the chairlift and there's tracks everywhere. There's people filming with their phone on skis and and uh, yeah, what what kind of inspired you to just step out and, and break all these unwritten laws? Uh, yeah that's uh yeah it's
2: nice to say it's totally true you know there's the the laws of like filming <laughs> and I've been like I'm from the generation where we like really took care of the the wedge you know not putting a, a step next to the wedge and stuff like this and I've always been like a little frustrated from it I totally understand it from like you know a film filmer point of view uh it's it's frustrating to have a track like somewhere in the shot and as a snowboarder it's frustrating to have to take care of this (laughs) and uh, so slowly when i think maybe when i was a bit more established you know in snowboarding that i didn't have to maybe follow the rules so much anymore because i could do my own stuff then uh, it made more sense to care a little less about like this kind of stuff and to uh to actually pick because you know if you care too much about the tracks, there's so many things you let on the side and amazing stuff, you know. And once you allow yourself to to ride something that is tracked out, then there's like way more options, especially in the resort, you know. So it naturally happened, maybe by being more confident of, you know, being my own type of writer and that maybe I didn't have to follow the the unwritten rules anymore. Um, And also, to be honest, like a little tired as well of like the the classic movies, you know, because we've seen them and they're amazing and we've always tried to do better. And it's been always better, but like maybe a video from 15 years ago is just as nice as uh, the one from five years ago. So maybe there was not that much evolution in this way. And, uh, and more in the way you're describing where you just, like, ride anything which is maybe tracked out but uh, reveals, like, way more options in the end.
1: Yeah. I
0: have a Patreon question as well about, about She.
1: Let's shout out our uh, Patreon members, too. Uh, thank you guys so much for supporting us. Uh, really helps us do this show. Um, and if you're interested in checking out Patreon, we have a link on our website, bombhole.com. But major thank you to you guys.
0: This is from Zach H., and uh, he's wondering, do you have any thoughts on why people resonated with She the way that they did? And also, he heard that you drank an espresso and had a cigarette
2: between every run while filming She. Is this true? Uh, I don't don't know Zach, so I don't know (laughs) how he he knows this, but, uh, uh, well... It's almost true, let's say, (laughs) you know, I don't want to say every try because there's a, to be honest, like there's a lot of tries coming into this, you know, like sometimes we're like sessioning something for like three hours before it comes together. You know, it's like, it looks like natural and stuff, but honestly, we're just like, you know, trying hard and uh, it takes a lot of tries. So hopefully it doesn't take as many espressos and cigarettes, you know, not every time. Um,
1: what was the beginning of the question? Why
0: did it uh, like resonate with oh, people the way that it did?
1: Yeah, really got,
2: people really were hyped on it. There's yeah.
1: million millions of views for people that don't know, like millions. Yeah, uh,
2: like all the props we get is like uh, that it makes the people want to snowboard so hard. You know, when they see it, they just like get fired up to snowboard, and I think it's because uh, it seems and it is accessible. You know, uh, side it's is like something we. All did in some ways, but we never documented it because, yeah, because we were maybe too focused on the unwritten laws. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, yeah, we got, I don't know, almost lucky to go this way and just ride what anybody can ride in a resort because it's accessible. It's not like somewhere in Alaska where, you know, the people like, the viewers would never probably go there, so it's more in the, um, that inspires them to do something at their own spot. And uh, yeah, the feeling we are, the the feedback we get is that it motivates them to ride so much.
0: You don't have to wire Jake fifteen thousand dollars and fly to Canada. You can just go to your local resort and yeah, build a little side hit.
2: Yeah, totally a different way to approach snowboarding, which is amazing to have like different ways to do it. Yep.
1: Even the, you know, going back to unwritten laws, but yeah, the degree of relatability on a cheese wedge. There's no, there's no cheese wedge that's like somebody's going to stumble across and they're riding their, they're generally in their, their backyard or in their <laughs> resort. But there that's is, true. there you is a bride, side hit that they can, them off. You know, they can, you know, that's ridden in that they can try to be like Arthur and yeah, probably not succeed because nobody can, but they can try.
0: Yeah. Not many people can. For, do for it on sure. his level, and
2: I think uh, I think about DIY skateboarding maybe as well. When I think about side hits, you know, the way you you say you just like maybe build your own little spot, you know, and it's not a wedge that takes like a full team to do. It's just like you know, you you have a blade and you're just like uh, scraping a little little track, and that feels like DIY skateboarding to me. And the, the inspiration of, like, uh, side hits could come from this as well, for mm-hmm. sure.
0: Now, but I've heard some people call them wall hits. Do you ever hear that? Wall hits versus side hits?
2: Uh, wall hits? Like, in which way? What what would it Some mean? people in America, so, there's a little debate.
1: In uh, Like Snowbird, right? Snowbird here in Utah, they have a terrain where there's the natural quarter pipe all the way okay. down the run, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they... They we've gotten feedback that people are extremely angry that we call them side hits and they're called wall they call hits. Them wall okay, hits.
2: yeah, that makes sense. It's yeah. a wall in the end, like like a pipe wall. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. You never hear that in Europe. Let me huh? tell you something. No, w H
1: E no. doesn't have the same. Yeah, it doesn't work. Wall hit euphoria just doesn't hit the yeah. same. Doesn't,
0: doesn't work. <laughs> we 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 spell we. weird. We. kind of with French maybe. We yeah. we we with an H. Yeah, we okay. Kind we'll, of works. We'll
2: hate so far, yeah. I like she better though. Okay, cool. Me too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also something. To be said about the fact that you're on your snowboard all the fucking time. When you, when you go and you're on this filming mission, you spend all day building the cheese wedge or you're just, you're like riding this pristine line where it's like when you're lapping on the chairlift, you're just like getting those reps up. You're just on your board all the time.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting. That's uh, true. Like the winter we spent with uh, Jack uh, doing landline was amazing on the sled. when <laughs> There was a lot of sledding. But to be honest, like not much snowboarding. That was uh, that was crazy. The amount of like energy it takes to uh, get to a spot, to shape a spot and and all this. In the end, you do like a little bit of snowboarding, but you don't have time for extra little fun stuff so much. And in the resort, like, yeah, it's the way you said it. Like, the amount of runs you can take is crazy, you know. You don't have to, to worry too much. You can take five laps and, yeah, maybe you're going to lose the light a little bit or whatever. It's the same as in the backcountry, but you still have, like, way more time to, uh, to shred. And then more confidence, more flow, more everything, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, we're talking uh, videos here. You mentioned landline. You know what I think it's time for, bud? Oh, ho, ho. Name that video part. Ooh.
3: Name that video part.
1: Name that video part is presented by Mammoth Mountain. Uh, Mammoth, one of the best mountains in North America. You might catch buds in the mini pipe going Switch McTwist. Going huge. Are we going to dust off the Switch Mickey this year? We're going to dust it. Okay
0: start with an airbag maybe and uh, work my way into the well, snow. Well, they, they
1: have those there in the spring. Let's uh, go. It might just be for US team, but they got Shh. everything all the I'm way from from beginner park setup all the way to the biggest jumps you'll find in North America. And in addition to that, if it snows, great, great terrain. Great terrain, a lot of just good groomers if you want to if you're just a carve dogger, you want to whack some turns. Huge mountain. Huge mountain. Hence the name Mammoth. It's a mammoth of a mountain right there. So if you're interested in a fun snowboard vacation, check out Mammoth Mountain. They support the show. They kick ass. Thank you, Mammoth. All right, Arthur. How are you feeling confidence level-wise for Name That Video Part?
2: Let's try a little bit now.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah speaking to pearly and uh people that know you it sounds like you're kind of doomed from what i get (laughs) (laughs) i i don't know yeah 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 it's i i'm probably not gonna get it like (laughs) i want to hear it
0: one one through ten do you have a a rating uh three three yeah
1: okay here we go
2: That's it. <laughs> you give me more, or that's it.
0: <laughs> that's all you're gonna give him, huh? It's, uh,
1: not, it's not looking good here. It's not yeah, it's looking not, good. Ab- Absence like movie. Good. That's not correct. No, no. Just say uh, it's on brand for the your company of people here. It's on brand with the the crew that you have here today with you. Ooh,
2: uh, shit.
1: Um, which one could it be? Um, I'll throw you another little crumble. The guy who asked you a question earlier may Cri- or may not have the made. Cram- it. Cr- uh, what is it called? A crumble? A scramble? No. Nope. <laughs> He's it's all crumble. <laughs> the guy starring it in it is a European.
2: Oh, so it's a Jake video nine one nine one. There it is! He got
1: it! <laughs> you got it! Yes.
2: All right. Thank you, Chris. You got uh, <laughs> those bobbles, crumbles
0: worked. A bomb. It's crumble. A lot of headwear in there.
1: Uh, in there, you have uh, you can bring that back to France no and way. sell it, uh, or do whatever you want with it, really. But you got a bunch of hats.
2: No way. We Thank got you.
1: Uh, coffee mugs, stickers. Boom. Um,
2: I'll bring it to the homies. They're gonna love it. Yeah. Everybody Bumble. loves your show, guys. There.
1: Oh, so. cool. I love yeah. to That's hear awesome. that. Well, we love France. Yes. Je parle un peu de français. Oh, oui,
2: c'est vrai. Il yeah. faut que tu viennes en France un peu pour parler avec moi.
1: All right. Uh, for part two of name that video part, this is for the listeners. If you know what song this is, comment on the photo of Arthur on our on his on our Instagram when his episode comes out. That's where we pick our winner, not on the YouTube comments, but on Instagram. So, uh, and you get a... what do you get, buds? A little prize pack. Yeah, you little, might. We got new air stickers. fresheners. You might get a new air freshener yeah. in there. Who knows? Who knows right what you here. get in there? Um, okay. good. Here we go. All right, thank you guys for playing Name That Video Part.
3: Uh, uh,
2: you have wi- to come to France to practice your wi- French. Wi- and, wi- yeah. yeah, maybe Chamonix. <laughs>
1: Je voudrais aller Chamonix. Back sets maybe? Mm. and yeah, de back trois. sets. Yeah. <laughs> back <laughs> sets. <laughs> back sets. Uh, who knows? Back, back sets. Uh, just, cap
2: you know, de, cap de, uh, cap deux and back set. Yeah, the, <laughs> cap de. The, the two tricks we <laughs> can do. Yeah, you don't do? We can do. We can do. I, there's only one.
3: There's
1: yeah. back, uh, back trois and back set. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> menage à trois.
3: Yeah, menage trois. You
1: know, I, I love with the French Canadians. I spend all the time in the van with uh, like T'avola? Frank, April, and all them, and they'll be like. They'll be speaking in French, like, drop, 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 rail. And they're like, talking about a drop, drop, <laughs> drop, rail, like, drop, drop, drop. Drop. Is, drop. drop,
0: drop,
2: drop. Is, is, is
0: tabernacle
2: a Quebecois word or a French word? Yeah, it's from Quebec. It's Quebecois. Yeah, tabernacle. We don't hear it. In you don't France. hear that in no, France. No, okay. we have to travel. To-
1: il, il est merde, huh? <laughs> I don't know. Not at all. Il est merde. Manger merde? Uh, probably. A bit. <laughs> What's manger merde? <laughs> Eat shit.
3: Uh,
0: not cool, bro.
1: <laughs> no, not cool, Chris.
0: Yeah, not cool, man. Come
1: uh, on, man. I don't want to say merde. Oh, yeah, that's actually like a swear in French. I forget sometimes. You like yell those things. It's like yelling like shit. You're, and you're, uh, you're probably
0: in France or <laughs> Quebec just yelling that.
2: You yeah. say it when merde. you say like, "Oh shit," you know. You're like, "Oh merde, putain, fait chier. Yeah. Merde. Oh merde, yeah. But mm. to tell someone that is merde is kind of you don't want to say that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not it's nice. That's not no, very nice. Il,
1: yeah, il est
2: bon. Wait, oui, très, bon, guy, très yeah. bon. bon, très right. bon. Il Très bon. Yeah, right. C'est ici, hein? yeah.
1: It's fantastic here, huh? Fantastic. It's incredible. Yeah, you got you you're got pretty words. good with
0: your French, bro.
2: But when you think about it, it's like fantastic. is the same word as English and incredible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's good. We yeah, have a lot are, of uh, they aren't words that hard in common. To <laughs> say fantastic, parfait,
0: <laughs> <laughs> perfect. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> like perfect. All right, but so let's talk. You sound like you know what you're saying.
1: Yeah, all you do is you just bullshit your way through, <laughs> and that's the word. And you kind of Frenchified a little bit. Frenchified. That's how they came up with French fries. French-ified? Yeah, Frenchified. You French fry that thing. Yeah. So what's so special about this terrain here in Chamonix? Talk us through why it's so special. Uh, yeah, I think,
2: I don't know if it's so special, but for me, when I discovered it, it was uh, uh, kind of, you know, I heard about Chamonix my entire life and then I didn't go there for until like five years ago. And uh, I didn't expect to see what I saw. And the terrain basically has everything there. Um there's uh, wind leaps a lot. There's a lot of rollers. There's, like, forest. <coughs> there's uh, steep runs. There's basically everything you can find in this valley. And, again, the, what I said earlier, there's, like, all aspects. You know, you can go on a north face, south face, like, uh, all elevations and stuff. So, in a tiny valley, there's, like, basically all you can find. And there's a lot of what I like, uh, which is, like, Around the tree line, you know, above tree line, uh, around, like, 6,000 feet. And a lot of rollers and and stuff, like, fun to ride. And there's a lot of this. It's super accessible. Yeah. Is Chamonix
0: the valley where you can, like, snowboard to different villages and stuff?
2: Uh, You mean different villages? uh, Yeah. I mean, there's, like, different resorts. And so, like, the old valley has, like, uh, different villages. Yeah. You and you can like ride to them though, right? Oh yeah, you ride yeah. to them. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty low in the valley, so it needs like a kind of a good year of like snow. Mm. But you ride all the way down. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah.
1: All right, we're gonna get into trick nerd talk here.
2: Trick nerds. Let's, let's get into some some
1: some nerdiness for the nerds out there that love for the love of snowboard snowboarding. Tricks. We gotta talk about your Transworld cover. Uh, you did a back rodeo seven. That was a very bizarre access like axis, I should say, where you, you didn't really like, it was side, side flip, flat spin. Talk us through that clip.
2: Yeah, uh, it's actually I was asking the guys like, "Yo, guys, how do you do backside rodeo <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: awesome.
2: Because you know I don't do backside rodeos, and and it seemed like a perfect spot for this, you know. And they were like, "Yo, you do like this? You're like you throw your head, you know, in the back or whatever." They they said, and uh, and I tried, and it's like what happened is like what I did, which is like a bit more like on the on the side like this, uh, the way you said maybe I. I didn't go like first, uh, but it's not my specialty. Really, I'm not a backside rodeo guy. And uh, I was pretty happy to get this, like second try or something like this. Uh, super stoked.
1: Now, there's another another trick we got to talk about. And earlier, I was mentioning your board control, your fundamentals, your pop, your weight, your patience. Uh, in Together Forever, these two tricks stand out. You hit You hit a jump and you do a back seven and a front 10. And you spin them, you spin the back seven like you're doing, like a back three or a back five, and the front ten like you dip it and then barely squeak both of them around. Uh, first of all, were you trying to back seven because it almost looked like a back five?
2: Yeah, it's a back
1: five. Yeah, was, you were trying back five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs>
2: can we can call it a back five.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, it was to,
2: I was totally going for a back five, yeah. and then you know still had like so much room. Okay. I was like, and it kept going. Yeah, yeah, it was, I was going for a back five. Okay, I was wondering, I'm like,
1: dude, he has the, like, most laid back (laughs) approach to, yeah, so that one, okay. Yeah,
2: yeah, I would have spun my seven probably, you know, like, quicker and then stopped the rotation. It was more like a back five into, like, a, a slow 180, you know. And yeah, so you're right. Touchdown you, landing. You saw
1: that. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, front ten, that one like it. You start it like a front seven, and you barely squeak the. Yeah.
2: So I was, I was, yeah, going for like front double car, and same. I don't know how to do them. You know, you you just
3: <laughs> just have to, the honesty with it. Too. Just have
2: to go for it at some point and learn it. You know, learning by doing. And so I was definitely scared to overspin. And so I went slow for it. And uh, I mid me there or like after me there almost like I was like, you know, going for the next deep. And yeah, I saw that there was enough enough room for the deep, and just went for
1: it. Was it first track? There's no other tracks by it.
2: I, that was no, not first track, but first try of the of the double car. So and I was like, oh, okay, I'm good. I'm I'm going to go get a coffee. You know? <laughs> 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 I was like, you know what? This one will do. I'm not so going to try it again. So, first
1: try ever. I don't you did a did a one, one, just to reiterate what you said, you did a one and done, first time ever trying front 10, and you landed it.
2: Yeah. Right to the coffee house. Just freak. Yeah, to the coffee house. For wow. sure. I was like, Phew. Stokes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch this session now. Yeah. yeah. And you ended up, it's cool because if you watch, a lot of people do front 10 doubles. They do cork front five, cork switchback five. You did cork front seven. Yeah. Dip front three. Yeah, exactly. It's like a totally different axis. Yeah,
2: not not comfortable.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, love it. Uh, and then another one that, that's super notable that stands out is Landline, uh, that big transfer back three. Yeah. Is that Revelstoke?
2: I, uh, where was. Yeah, Revel Yeah,
1: yeah. Talk yeah, us, that was. Talk us through that.
2: I. Uh, yeah, what what about the day? There was like a big crew, there was Sam. I wonder if there was Parker, like Pat, like a big crew, uh more like of two crews going up together and like in a new zone we didn't know. And we saw that, that bench that looked really nice and Pat was gonna do like a line up there. And I was so I had time for myself to just like look at the terrain a bit better. The way I said it, you know, I'm I'm not too much of like going right away to one spot and like, oh, that's it. I I like to take my time and try to look at it from different angles. And so I was uh, definitely analyzing this one, you know, like coming from the right and then hiking to the left and seeing it down. And then, uh, yeah, um, you know, slowly thinking that it was going to be possible to do a, a trick on this, like cross court. And uh, and it was. I just like had my time. Pat was shooting. I had my time to get ready and, pre- and prep the spot. And there's such a good feeling. And the snow was... So hot and melting in the same time was kind of like maybe one of these uh, tipping days, you know, where it would be maybe spring the next day. So it was like, yeah, good timing, good snow, but just on the edge, you know. And uh, yeah, that was such an amazing feeling. I think special spot, like really special.
1: So Arthur, uh, at some point in your career, you were riding Volcom boards and then you switched over from Volcom to Capita. Um, I want to hear why you did that. Um, it was because I think Volcom was
2: uh, slowly stopping the program for us. Like they, uh, they were hyped for us to get our own sponsors and get rid of the, the board program, which was not really going anywhere as a brand. You know, we never wanted to, to sell them. It was more for the team to have like good boards if they needed to, if they didn't have a sponsorship. But um, at some point, yeah, they, they they wanted to get rid of this program. Not it was not necessarily uh, helpful for everyone. And I was super stoked to get on a on a board sponsor. And uh, and then yeah, it was I was welcomed in the in the Capita team, which was uh, totally insane. Uh, it was a brand. Actually, the Vulcan boards were made by Capita already. And uh, I had visited the the factory with Blue, like maybe six, seven years ago. Uh, But, you know, I was very, very impressed about what he did there in uh, in Austria with his uh, factory, uh, running from the water, like clean uh, energy and definitely a big fan of the brand. And, you know, from the beginning on. And so it was kind of insane to get on this team and, you know, with people like Kazu, Steve and uh, Scott Stevens, sorry. And yeah, that was, yeah, amazing.
1: Totally. I heard, I think Blue mentioned in his episode that you turned down K2 to ride for Capita. <laughs> Is this true? Uh can we say this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 why not?
2: It's all in the past. Want. Yeah, you can say it. Uh yeah, and Kate, I was uh, actually very interested in K2 too. To, to be honest. Uh I think it's a it's a cool brand and and they have a nice team and I was definitely, you know, hyped on
1: them, but yeah, I, w- I wanted to write for Capita. Yeah. All right, we got a special surprise today. Uh we got Oliver Gittler, or as I like to say in French Olivier Gittler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what up? What's up, Bombhole? What's up, guys? Happy to have you in here. You guys are Cheers. longtime friends. You guys go back. Tell us about when you guys met and how far you guys go back.
4: Okay, do you want to go like the real story? He's going to kill me, by the way. Yes, uh, the you real story. Well, we go only have it.
1: 12 hours of recording time left, so just okay. keep that in mind.
4: Okay, so where do I start? No, so it was, a, it was about 20 years ago. Yeah. And uh, so I was born in the U.S. from with a French father, but um, we arrived in France and I had to do, uh, I was doing skiing, downhill skiing, all that, you know, lame stuff. No, I'm kidding. You can do whatever you want. But yeah, basically, uh, I started to do snowboarding and they put me into this uh, snowboard club, like for kids. And uh, I was the only one that showed up and I had like knee pads on, like all full protective gear, kind of like if I was a, a, a hockey, you know, full hockey gear. And then uh, Arthur was kind of the cool kid already back then. And I think it was your brother that was there, and one of your best friends, Julien Jamarchi. And boom. basically, our <laughs> <laughs> <Boom, laughs> oh, going to flip. Yes. And basically, I think Arthur. Okay, this is really bad for you, but it, it has a good twist to it. Uh, they didn't want to take the chairlift with me. Because I wasn't cool enough.
1: Oh, classic. Oh, no.
2: Yeah, kids can be so mean. I
4: had knee pads on and I was just not cool. And Arthur was like, No, 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 you're not taking the chairlift with us. And the only nice kid with it was his older brother, Jonathan. But yeah, so that happened for one <laughs> session, two sessions. And I was sad. But yeah, the week Sorry, after, Eddie. it's all good. The week after, we were, I don't know, something happened and we were best friends and we. You know, took baths together after writing. We maybe, were ten years yeah, old. Maybe so you was dropped
2: correct. the the knee pads. Maybe I, I dropped. Yeah, the knee Yeah. What no, changed? What changed do And all of a sudden, he was cool enough know, to be on the lift. You know, like kids can be so mean. <laughs> I, I don't even remember, but Ollie's like, it's the first story <laughs> he, he <remembers>. tells <laughs> about. Yeah, yeah, he remembers. <laughs> That's a trauma. He's been holding for on to that. It's, it's like yeah. got some resi- yeah, resentment in his voice when he
1: talks about it. He's got PTSD. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So for sure, and it's part of processing it when he tells the story. You know, he's getting it out. Go for it, Ollie.
4: I don't know, maybe I was the, I don't know, American cool kid that came to France, he's like, hell no, he's not getting any of the shine right now. Yeah. But yeah, maybe I put the knee pads under the pants, maybe that's a topic with the high backs. (laughs) Knee pads over or under the pants? Always under. Always under. Or else you can't hang with Arthur Longo. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But yeah, we instantly clicked, became best friends, and then, yeah, started doing half pipe uh, contests when we were kids. And, uh, yeah, basically living together. When I was at the Hill, my parents would drop me off at his house, a lovely house that he has in, like, a small village underneath Lidas Alps. Um, and, yeah, uh, where do we go so from where? That? Well,
1: where are you at now? Like, what, what's your guys' role together in your lives now?
4: Um, so now I guess we're just... Trying to find all the excuses just to spend as much time together, but we're (laughs) honestly
1: wondering
2: sometimes. We're like, "What the (laughs) fuck are we doing?"
4: (laughs) I mean, I'm 31, he's 34, (laughs) and we have like crazy teenage shopping lists of, oh, you know, skate decks and music gear, and we don't even know what we're doing. (laughs) But yeah, basically, um, uh, of course, my snowboarding skills, uh, you know, kind of hit the the spot, and it's like didn't go any further, and I think it was kind of when uh, Instagram actually added the video feature on Instagram, we were like, hey, why don't we try this thing out, like grab a random camera and film each other. So at the start, we were thinking, yeah, I'll film one, he'll film one. Kind of fifty fifty, <laughs> but then it kind of started to a part where I was mm. I was just straight embarrassing. So no, actually it was Arthur's filming skills that were really bad. I can yeah, see both. I can see you were that. you were good at filming. I was way I was too good bad at filming. At filming. Yeah. all that espresso. Yeah. He had the
0: shaky hand. Yeah, yeah,
2: for mm-hmm. sure. Too much espresso <laughs> and too much like excitement for the spot, which maybe you didn't have. Sometimes, yeah, you were stuck to be on the camera naturally. Yeah, but. But honestly, more than me.
4: Yeah, honestly speaking, yeah, Arthur's skills like surpassed me way, way above. So, yeah, it just became a natural thing that I filmed him and I enjoyed it. And we have this ongoing joke like, if you go on my Instagram page, like it's 90% of just Arthur shredding. And like when there's like a funny comment or like a yo, sick pop, I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs)
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I kind of we, we say
2: we for everything, you know. It's like <laughs> we landed a, a back set, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we're we're together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's
0: a good thing, though, to have a bro that's filming
2: you all the time. For sure, that's amazing, and it's more than filming. Of course, it's just yeah. like hanging and being together, and like uh, with the COVID, we made a movie L for Vance. So and good. Let's we, give an air horn to L. Boom. And uh, yeah, we didn't have all the friends we wanted to have from from the u s. like Blake would have been a part of it more, and like more people maybe rav and and uh so i w- I ended up writing alone a lot, but I was not alone because like the the media <laughs> crew, you know, is like almost like shred bodies. It's kind of the same, or it's more than just filming it's uh it's a it's a crew. Yeah.
1: yeah. can we talk about the banter between you? You and Pearly, it's just got to be just yeah, world class. That's a crew, world right class there. banter.
4: Well, we got to add Jake Price in the mix too. Oh, honestly, yeah. he's totally mm. part of the gang. Right? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
2: He's like he's sometimes you call Jake and he's
4: like you know he shows up
2: next season right? Yeah,
4: he's always ready. Yeah, and we somehow always talk French in the sessions, and Jake's the only one like non French speaking. And we would, like, film a spot and then kind of look at it and whatnot. And Jake's kind of like, you don't really tell him anything. And then we say in French, oh, let's go grab an espresso at the at little shack over there and kind of pack our gear and then we're going. And then he's actually already there on the deck, like, with a spritz in his hand. He kind of gets it. He doesn't speak the language, but he does. He you know? understands. He, 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 understands. Knows,
2: he knows what's going on. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. He's always a step ahead.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, Jake. Can we do the? Can we, give, we, can him, <laughs> we can give him. We can give him. We can give him, give the him su- the super, super horn. Yeah,
3: yeah super horn. Sure.
4: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all of yeah, it. Jake. Is that the longest in the bomb hole? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like so that's full. What we
1: call that the bomb hole salute. Yeah, bomb hole bomb bomb salute, salute right there. Yeah. Yeah.
4: his episode was great, by the way. Yeah, yeah. one He's of the just early a ones. too. Great human.
1: So, what were you doing out here in Salt Lake?
4: <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, last season we had a couple things going on, but one of them was uh, the Volcom movie Credo Cosm. Uh, so we had the world premiere uh, last weekend in Salt Lake City, basically where uh, like the whole cosm of at least U.S. snowboarding is. I feel like you guys are here, everyone's around. So Seth Hewitt and Kaylin Cassie and they just pulled out like a premiere and brought us in. Uh, had Mike Rav and Future Mystic play. We have a small band. We opened up for the whole event as well. And uh, yeah, of course, like we always say COVID, but uh, since COVID, we never had this big of a gathering so far. Like I remember back in the day, it was like all those premieres and we kind of waited for it. And I guess Seth decided, Seth and Lars, by the way, Skyler. big shout out to Skylar. They made the movie, but they didn't really tease at all. It was like this weird thing. Because, like, I guess it's too much teasing for, you know, a project that's a year's work kind of thing. And it's just so good to actually have the surprise showing up at a premiere, seeing people eye to eye, shake some hands and actually see the action like in the best setup possible. And your band Leopard Ale played. Yeah, Leopard out. You got a
0: video too I remember seeing. We'll put that in the show notes.
4: Oh, of us uh karaokeing. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, no rap- I was talking
0: about your rap video. Didn't you show me one?
4: Oh, maybe I did, <laughs> yeah. but maybe I'll
1: pull up your video All too right. of you he's rapping. right. got me on in the mic the- in
4: Australia. Oh, you have that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dude, that's you got to send that to me cuz people want that Easton rapping footage. <laughs> Absolutely. He
4: he's probably one of the best rappers I've ever heard of. Some people say the best rapper alive, but well We'll see. I'll back that up. 100%. He was Jamaican
1: in a past life. I heard uh, Arthur, you get on the on the stage too, and aren't, aren't afraid to maybe uh, <laughs> maybe shake a pineapple or something like that. Yeah. So. The same way I need him, you know, when I'm snowboarding.
2: And by the way, to link it with the the video, like uh, you were filming the the Volcom video because you were just coming to Natural Selection to be my buddy there.
4: Exactly. So the funny story is I wasn't really because like it's a lot of us and Seth wanted to have maybe a tight crew. And I wasn't originally um, uh, hired or planned to come on this Canada trip. I just accompanied Arthur in the natural selection. And then I was kind of in the middle, like with Blake and Arthur, and they kind of brought me to Canada. And Seth was like, well, yeah, definitely. Like, boom, he's part of the crew. And then we ended up filming almost Arthur's full part on the 16.
2: Yeah. So I need him, you know, when I'm snowboarding and he needs me a little bit when he's doing music and I do the pineapple yeah. shake. What's the pineapple shake? <laughs> <laughs> the pineapple yeah. shake. It's, it's a shaker, you know, in the in the shape of a pineapple and Oli is super stoked about it. And uh, you Everyone know, is. He calls me on stage and I don't have feeling for a rhythm at all and I'm like feeling so stupid next to him like this. That's not
4: but, true. But, you know, it makes him happy so I do it. Yeah. No, no, you, you hold everything together, 100%. Yeah, thank you, Oli. <laughs> Love that. I've
1: heard actually best pineapple shaker in the biz in the biz, from, uh, from y- some people.
4: I mean, yeah, I don't know any that you know even get to the spotlight of people flipping a camera. You know, it's mm-hmm. just Arthur out there. <laughs> you have
2: to do it. You have to like do this for,
4: <laughs> for half hour. No, what's, yeah. what's funny is that we always have like egg shakers in our jackets too. So every chairlift, like I'm pulling out the phone and I'm trying to teach our like one two, three, <laughs> four, we count it music. It's, it's fun. We all yeah. have, have eight shakers in the pocket. Yeah. So
2: we're shaking as well when we're like snowboarding sometimes. <laughs> you're yeah. Ollie and it's like,
3: shh, shh, shh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So um, you guys spend a lot of time together. I'm kind of wondering what your least favorite thing is about filming with uh, Ollie. Uh, <laughs>
4: <laughs> I got one, which is you never, you know, sometimes. Oh,
2: like maybe that you're not, Shoveling at all. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Classic. Okay. <laughs> Just like Stony Buds. Classic.
2: Okay. <laughs> or he's like, oh, tell me what to do. And he's like, eh, 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 for like two minutes.
4: And I'm like, no, it takes more than this. <laughs> Well, lucky enough, we don't have huge builds either. Yeah, you guys are just yeah. building side hits here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's looking
2: at
1: me doing it. It's like,
2: he, you need a hand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let me guess. Does he also pull the classic? Buds is really good at this one. I gotta, I gotta go. I'm doing air quotes for the listeners that can't see. Look for my angle. Is that yeah. what he? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a classic maneuver right there. <laughs> Walking
2: around. I I know the scope angles. Yeah, yeah. You can see them, the photographers.
1: Yeah, I can't. <laughs> so, <guide them. laughs> Just kind of slowly put the shovel down and, like, sneak Just off the side. Just kind of in the kinda... wheels
0: to, until the kicker's ca- built. Do, do a little bit of this. Do, like a little, like... Yeah. Uh, this angle's good, but I should really go check over there.
2: I would do the same thing,
1: for sure. All yeah. right, Ollie, what's your least favorite thing about filming with...
4: I mean, he, Arthur. he... You know, sometimes he would do something to warm up, and he doesn't tell you, like, that he's going to do it. And he ends up doing, like, awesome stuff off camera. Like and you just like, I wish I captured that because that was probably like the most amazing stuff. Like side hits, some of them are shaped or aren't like, you know, you just ride and you shred and you're in, and you know, following him and he does the sickest side hit and you're like, why didn't you tell me you're going to do that? That was like the sickest thing you've ever done. But also, that's That's kind of cool. Yeah. You don't just ride for the camera. I kind of always <laughs> ride for the camera I like it so much. <laughs>
2: like you're right only for the camera.: Okay. <laughs> yeah,
4: maybe. <laughs> uh, at least I have an Ixis in a pocket or something.: I don't know. I just like to catch stuff for <laughs> sure.: Yeah. I, I have just as much pleasure as, uh, you know, in filming Arthur doing his thing than actually writing myself kind of weird but yeah that's how it goes when you watch someone do something dope it just is awesome i feel the same way when i
1: when i'm filming stony buds down the run with my iphone i feel the (laughs) same exact way it's just a thing of beauty watching a car maybe throw some young buck in the background and we we got a masterpiece (laughs) (laughs) all right ollie before we get out of here we do uh you know need to make sure everybody does a smelling salt here uh arthur's got one i'll send a couple your guys way here we go swimming in these things and uh Oh, there's one left. Perfect. So all you, what it is is you squeeze it, you squeeze it, and you, you just kind of ease it up to your nose. So when you squeeze it, it'll turn red. And this is a smelling salt. It kind of opens up your your nose, capillaries, gets you ready to breathe. This could go good with a cigarette right before a giant mm-hmm. side hit. All right. <laughs> uh, Arthur, why don't you start it off? Uh, so I cracked it? Just squeeze it. It'll pop. Now put it up to your nose and just.
3: Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> that was a good reaction. Oh, yeah. oh.
1: So you go full sniff, or like?
3: Uh,
0: I would hey, ease in,
1: but you right. can choose your own adventure. You make your own decisions. I'll go for it!
4: <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> you went full sniff. Yeah, you went full sniff. Oh, <laughs> I looks... feel like, it's a, the gnarliest wipeout. Yeah, surfing.
3: Oh,
2: you go again. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, you can get another one. Another. Out.
4: see, like you
1: just kind of. Oh.
0: Oh no, oh, no one oh, got me. Oh wow. Sneaks up in there. Wakes it's
4: you up. Great. I'm crying. Oh. You're crying right now, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh my that eyes was crazy. Yeah, look at his eyes,
1: dude. <laughs> He went oh. deep. Oh, cheers for that. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> Run Best through walls over wall. cure. Yeah. Yeah. Run through Wake wall spelling right salts it's available at bombhole.com if you want to purchase and uh whack one of these and then go about hundred and eighty feet. Up too. Yeah. 180 feet on a side hit. That's how you do it. Wow. Arthur, Arthur, how was your experience with the smelling salt? Uh, yeah. Very strange. <laughs> I, did, I did, like, so sudden.
2: Like, really, like a like a hit, you know? Yeah, a good experience, let's say. <laughs> I'm crying. Oh, yeah. crying. <laughs> how would how'd
1: you like it? I
4: loved it. Like, I'm ready to go to the pub right now. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> All right, perfect. Let's,
0: uh, we're going to
1: take a quick break. Here we go.
0: All right. We are going to get into a word from our sponsors, and... Uh, it's all about fits, and we're during the break, I'm going to uh, take a fit. Let's go.
1: What's up, Bombhole? Jaden Chalmack here, and we're gonna be talking fit. This season, I've been rocking the Mellow Pullover Jacket in Bleach Colorway. I love the pullovers, great fit, loose and baggy. Gore-Tex, keeping dry in all the conditions. For pants, I've been rocking the Stone Gore-Tex. Great, nice baggy fit as well. Gore-Tex, staying dry. Cinch cuffs so I can tighten them around my boots and bindings. I'm always connecting my outerwear with Ziptec, staying protected from everything. Ragdolls, tomahawks, you name it. Volcom outerwear, best in the business. Hit up your local shop. All right, Arthur. I think it's time to talk about art, or as we like to call it, Shart. Shart. Yeah. Do you know Do you know what a shart is? No, I don't. Tell me. Please. Buds, do you want to take the reins I'll, I'll take, take the yeah, reins on, on this one. On this it's one. a
0: pretty intense subject. It's not a shit. It's not a fart. It's a shart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this one. It's yeah. a combination. Okay. It's a combination. <laughs> okay.
2: Not a shit, not a fart. It's like
1: a fart where you're like, ooh, I gotta go to the bathroom I gotta go to the bathroom. bathroom. Yeah. I,
2: I got one of these this summer. <laughs> 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 and I think that was... Maybe the first time of my life where really? it was like, ooh, let's go back home. <laughs> yeah. I got to
0: go change my pants. Yeah. 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 So we have our, our artists in the back got a little plaque he was all proud of, and it said art department. Yeah. And he was all proud of it. And Drake, Chris, let's him home. Yeah, Drake, amazing, amazing, talented kid. He was so proud of his sign. And uh, Chris sees it and puts the S and the H in front of the art, and now it's the shard department. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and now his actual official title is uh he's the shark director, director at the bomb hole so uh but speaking of shark, i guess we should talk art it's kind of in the same family if you will um somehow so you've designed some volcom gear you've made some art books uh let's talk art what's your what's your vibe on art Uh, The chart or (laughs) the The art? Both. Both.
2: Um, My take is, uh, I I can start from the beginning is like, I'm not really originally super familiar with art because I don't come from a family that was like, you know, really into it or whatever. And I think that came from all the traveling and uh, hanging with actually Americans. I think I really got this influence from uh, Mike Rav and from, yeah, Mike, boom, Uh, such a big inspiration. But you guys in general in America, I feel are like really uh, easy on creation. Like I know so many snowboarders that also just, you know, play instruments or paint or everything. And I would say that it's maybe a little less like this in France. And um, so that's the beginning of how it started with, uh, with the art for me. Uh, with charts, I was going to say. <laughs> I,
0: I heard on Volcom, if you don't do art, they rip your contract up. Yeah, your contract you is cut in half. Yeah, it's yeah, good. that's the thing. You, you know, so it's you were like, your, I better figure this out. And <laughs> you,
2: you have to learn art, you know. <laughs> um, no, but it is, like, in some ways, uh, the inspiration of Volcom as well. Like, they've done amazing stuff. All their writers are, like, creative. And and uh, I, can, I can think of people like Ozzy Wright. Do you know Ozzy Wright? I met Ozzy in Australia. The, yeah, the surfer is like an amazing artist. And I get so inspired by this. Like the more like the attitude they have towards this than or also what they do is amazing. But they're just so relaxed about creating. And uh, I think I really wanted to uh, uh, implement this in my life. And I did kind of like slowly. Yeah. Uh,
1: other notables, Jamie Lynn, you know, uh, so, yeah. Desiree, Desiree, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So sure. many great artists. Yeah, Vulcan, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you want to in- implement it in your life. You
2: want yeah, to, yeah, exactly. Like uh, for me, it was, um, you know, if if it wasn't for snowboarding, I think I would have done it, like something creative. Uh, I always wanted to work on wood like maybe be a cabinet maker or something like this and and with snowboarding it was never really easy to access to this knowledge you know and have time to learn a new craft and everything and painting is so much easier you know you you don't need like a, wor- a wood workshop or whatever you just need like a spreadsheet and you're just doing uh, your stuff you know and it's so accessible and and so I and it Also, it comes from like getting the first tattoos, you know, you get your first tattoos and you're like, oh, how did they do that, you know, and wanting to do your own designs as well. And uh, But I had this kind of natural um, attraction to it. And then I kind of... Uh, as a hobby, I was also like just working towards it, like to, to develop some kind of skills with painting or like creating and also uh, graphic design and uh, everything.
3: Yeah.
1: I love that. Now, Mm -hmm. earlier you were talking about flow state and finding your flow on your snowboard. Do you find that you get into flow when you're doing art as well?
2: Yeah. Sometimes like, um, you get stuck on a painting, it just, like, doesn't work for a while, you know, it's like, uh, something is off there, like, some colors or some shapes or whatever, and you find the key to the the artwork, you know, of, like, you, in some ways, you unlock it at some point, and, and that's, like, some flow state for sure, and then, then the colors can go, and then you finish it and you can't really believe it because it just happened, you know, to unlock. And this is kind of like close to a flow state for Mm -hmm.
1: sure. Yeah. There's a wormhole I kind of want to unlock that I think we've talked about in other episodes. So forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but I think about this a lot randomly. And I think about, you know, as there's there's pros and cons of snowboarding, right? right? Like in snowboarding, you... Especially if you if you pursue it as a profession, as you get older, you end up hanging out with younger kids and you can get stuck in like prolonged adolescence where you're almost forever a kid and you never grow up. But there's also benefits to to not growing up. I think about this in the way that a kid, like if you if you've ever been around kids, they they love to draw with crayons, they love to play, they love to build, they love to be present. And uh, inversely, when I look at, you know, friends that maybe I grew up with that just got the regular job and they have they don't they don't access that part of their life at all. They don't access the creative part, uh, live in a world of just maybe going to work and distracting and things like that. And I just think it's really important to find that that childlike playfulness that comes with arts and the imagination that we had when we were kids. yeah, do
3: you, yeah, do you, does, yeah no, does that speak
2: to you at all for sure? It's really interesting, like uh always trying to that maybe also has to do with curiosity, as we were saying, like the kids, you know, they're always like you know looking for something new to do and and the artist as well in some ways has to stay a bit of a a kid you know with fresh eyes. <laughs> and a snowboarder too, you know, if like, uh, it's cool to have the experience, but it's cool to, like, if uh, when, when we talk about this, I, I'm going to think about Gigi Roof, you know, he's such a kid, you know, and he managed to be a, a kid adult, but uh, he's so inspiring the way he acts and stuff, the way he lives. I think he's like, he kept his like freshness of, uh, of like, yeah, his inner child is still like really there, you know. And that's inspiring, and I think that's important for as an artist,
1: for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love a lot of the greats have a childlike approach to their their snowboarding, where there are there are people that are serious and it's a big deal. And I I don't know Travis Rice that well, but I imagine it's a little more of a serious approach to things. And that's an assumption I don't know, but I love like the the Giggies and the Nicholases, and I'd even put yourself in this category where it seems like it's like a lighthearted, like like you're playing in the snow, right? Uh, maybe DCP, maybe volley, have those type of things, you know? Yeah, definitely.
2: It's still like a kind of a game or like some kind of, yeah, playing playing time, you know, Yeah,
1: playing in the snow. Mm-hmm. And we yeah. forget that we're just sliding down a mountain on a piece of wood, the same we did when we were sledding when we were kids, but now we're like, oh, we're big, serious <laughs> snowboarders. We got to do our big, serious tricks. But it's like, no, we're just I'm a around. professional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if you get too serious,
2: you're like, what am I doing? Like you know, because it's not serious. It's only <laughs> yeah. snowboarding. It's
1: not important
2: for anything. It's made anything, it fun. You, know? right? it's <laughs> like, you have to take it lightly,
1: for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the light approach seems to be a common topic on our show. This mm-hmm. and and it's like something that's easy to lose sight of. I think.
0: Yeah, people need to remember that it's
1: fun. Yeah. So you ever shoot you ever shoot a photo of Stony Buds it's a light it's a light approach. <laughs> <laughs> cool. We have to shoot yeah, one together. Yeah, let's get one. Yes.
0: Do you want to tell us about your art style?
2: Yeah, my art style, I think it's like um, as I was saying earlier, maybe I reached this moment so at some point where I was like more creative. Uh, not doing something than doing something. And that's maybe when you get into your style for real, you know, you're really inspired by your own experience of things and you're not trying to uh, copy things or get inspired by someone else, but more from your own experience. And so I reached this level at some point, but I'm also like really looking up to other people. And so even if you don't really want to you're gonna like you know get inspired to the point where you're using the same colors without like even knowing it you know you're just um, uh, some people are just like so impactful that you're just like doing things the way they do it but you still have your own style and that's a that's a little mix but do uh, you guys know Henri uh, Matisse, Henri Matisse, like a French artist like from the 50s? Uh <laughs> Give him an air no? horn, <laughs> Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I hope he gets to hear that air <laughs> horn. Yeah, Is he yeah, still yeah. with us? No, he's not with us. I hope yeah. his family hears he's that. He'll still, yeah. still hear it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he'll hear it. That's so amazing, <laughs> for sure. And uh, maybe artists like Basquiat or, you know, Basquiat has such a, like, free type of uh, of art and uh, and also i've been really inspired by a movement which is called cobra that was in the 50s in in uh, europe and uh, that was they were inspired in uh, in child uh, child drawings and stuff and so we could call it like a brut brutal art you know more of like Super ex- expression, like kind of like going like a kid with colors and stuff, like not super uh, fine, you know, but just like a bit more in the emotions and stuff. Abstract. A Abstract bit. and figurative in the same mm-hmm. time with like creatures and and. Like small little uh, like characters, you know, and uh, yeah, so that's a bit of my style, like uh, figurative and also like a bit abstract and focused on the colors and stuff. And by the way, guys, oh snap, I, snippity snap, I got a gift uh, oh, for wow. you. That comes from Perli and his crew. Uh, do you guys know uh, Club Sandwich? Sa- yeah. Sa- that's their publishing house? Club yeah, Sandwich? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Let's give him th- Horn. Yeah, for sure. So that's uh, Matt George and Perli. They made, a, they made a book about me, kind of, and wow. my friends. And uh, there's some of my, uh, my art is printed on it.
1: And you can find mm. this at um, Club Sandwich it's on their website? Yeah, it's on their website. Cool. We'll pop yeah.
0: the link up. On the uh, screen, this thing's beautiful.
2: Throw this thing on the set. These are some of your art pieces. Yeah, so the art inside is like what I've uh, done. Like the the art uh, of the shark. The (laughs) the shark is uh, the shark (laughs) is uh, from the last few years. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Damn, this is awesome. Really cool. This is a really cool feeling book in your hands. I love the. The way the um, center of the book has yeah. the spiral instead yeah. of the conventional.
2: It's a it's a cool book for sure. Uh, the the guys did it without me being involved, and one day they were like, "Okay, here is the book." I knew they were making one, and uh, I couldn't be happier the way it is. Like
1: you're their opus, you're yeah. their inspo.
2: Yeah, but you know it's their amazing photos and and yeah, they, yeah. This is incredible. They did a really good job, and yeah, you can see some of the art, the shots. Yeah
1: clubsandwich.com, I'm guessing, something like that. You guys got to check this out. This is a really cool coffee table book. Um, and always supporting Pearly and the homies is rad. We'll keep one on set and one in the lobby. So thank you so much for the gift. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, they do amazing stuff.
1: Okay, I have the corniest question alive coming at you. Um So basically, you know, some snowboarders are based on, it's more like athletic. Athletics, right? I'm like like it's more like competitive, and they're thinking about being an athlete. And you seem to be a snowboarder that's has more of an artist <laughs> approach. Do you l- kind of look at the mountain as a canvas and what you want to do with it in that way? <laughs> that's that it, corny. It's corny as fuck. <laughs> it's corny. <laughs> it's, know, that's corny. I was almost embarrassed <laughs> to ask
2: because we it's wanted corny to do. Corny as fuck. <laughs> no, no, I. I do. I swear We're,
0: you asked Jamie Lynn and he said yes. It, I think I did. It, yeah. yeah. He was down. I don't remember. We yes. kind of blacked out. A, it's
2: a <laughs> blank canvas. <out> there. <laughs> <laughs> man, the mountains of canvas. And man, yeah. i just painting my way down. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. Like, snowboarding is a creative thing, you know, and uh, I think it's why, like, so many of us love it is that you can express your thing the way you feel them and, uh And, yeah, there's not only one way to do it. There's so many ways. And I think it's what we like to just, like, yeah, be able to do it your own way uh, from, yeah, the inspiration you get from the terrain, from the blank canvas, and (laughs) you know, you make it your own. So I think that's a huge part of snowboarding, the creativity for sure. You're
0: basically an art medium out there, you know? It
2: it is some kind of, yeah, like performance, you know, and, like, uh it's in the creative field for sure
1: what uh products and snowboarding have your art featured
2: on them? uh actually i'm going to have a new snowboard with capita and uh and uh yeah there's going to be one of my painting on it i'm like super stoked about it is it, it. A,
1: is it like a mega mercury or is it your own board we shaped a new board oh new board nouveau yeah. nouveau, nouveau planche
2: Uh, Can we even talk about it? Yeah, probably. Nouvelle planche neige. Yeah, Nouvelle planche uh, for Capita. Yeah. When does it drop? Uh, So I'm going to ride it this year, and it's going to drop... The following season. The following
1: season. That's exciting. In one year. Are you testing shapes, or have you tested...
2: uh, Yeah, we've done uh, the process already, and it's done. Like, we, uh, we found the the really good setup and uh, that was so exciting because you know we've been like snowboarding for so long and like we know about snowboards and and i really was uh, happy to get the to bring my stuff and to meet it with like um uh yeah with engineers that really know about what they're doing and tiny differences that as a snowboarder you don't really know about but you can maybe feel and now that was like a super cool process to develop a new board,
1: yeah, that's killer. I can't yeah. wait to check that out. Yeah. That's killer. um okay, and, and some there's also
2: art on like some of my volcom stuff. oh yeah, like a lot of on volcom things, and yeah they're always their hype to get like new art on on t-shirts or whatever and i' am, I am too. It's super cool. love it.
1: uh so we were earlier I asked a corny question now I'd like to get into something pretty corny uh paragliding yeah carny you love it what's up with it it's dope
2: i love it i'm just busting your balls uh no i love it it's uh it's passionating it's kind of another passion for me it's like so far from snowboarding somehow you know i uh i just had it from my dad he was flying when I, when i was young and I felt that I, I didn't want to spend a life without flying. And, you know, there's this kind of like aircraft you can grab and go in the air by yourself, exploring the, the sky and the mountains kind of. It's a bit like sailing, but in the air. And that's uh, that's passionating to me. Yeah, I really love it. I do it a lot in summer.
1: Not sure passionating is a word, but... Yeah. <laughs> I li- I Sailing like in it. the air, too. That yeah. sounds... Z- I yeah. like the way you described it. So can you bring another person? Can you do like the the skydiving, like tandem? slap stony buds on a backpack and take them? Or how does that work? No,
2: not yet. No tandem? Um, not yet, but I want to learn it for mm-hmm. sure and bring uh, Oli with me <laughs> and you guys. Like, yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's something kind of... Not lonely, but you do by yourself, you know, and sometimes you see like you're in like crazy situations, you know, high in the mountains and you want to share this with someone, you know. And so I'm really looking forward to be able to, to bring you Easton. Yes,
0: let's go. I'll, <laughs> yes. I'll jump on that.
3: Yeah. That was your
2: first time doing it. That must be crazy. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. They, they give you a radio, you know, and they're like, okay, it's time to go. And you get the radio and they're like, yeah, turn left, turn right. Like, it's good. You're oh, they tell good. you. Yeah, they yeah. Kind they're of kind of you. guiding you for sure. Uh, that's a good way to do it when you do it in school. Yeah,
1: yeah, Oof. yeah. Scary. Is there you spot those side hits on your way up there? You see new <laughs> He's zones. way it's, up
2: in the air. <laughs> it's so interesting to see uh, the terrain from up there. But there's less flying during uh, like winter time than during uh, the, the good season of uh, flying is in spring. So there's uh, less snow, but you still see like. Uh, I think it's a really good experience. For instance, like when you're gonna like fly helicopter, you know, to go in Alaska or whatever, your eyes are like way more ready for like different perspectives. And so I don't, I don't spot sighted, but I spot like a lot of things, animals as well. I see animals and mountain goats, and it's amazing.
1: Love yeah. that. Yeah. I almost forgot because uh, I forgot you're such a, a mountain man. We got a great question from. Um, None other than Bobby Boudoir, a.k.a. Hayden Wrench. Here we go.
4: Yo, Arthur, it's Hayden. uh Missy bro. I just wanted to ask a question about the time in Chamonix when you scouted the route down and told us I was safe, and it ended up not being safe. Anyways, <laughs> bisous. <Miss you>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Hayden? I'm... Uh, well, what is the question that it's not safe <laughs> well, he wants, basically
1: he wants you to, to tell the story of when yeah. you're like we're gonna stay up late and then like it's yeah. kind of sketchy on the way down but it was like really fucking sketchy yeah
2: it's a uh, it's interesting when you're like managing a group in the mountains you have to you know like Level down to maybe you have to ask yourself, like, what Hayden would be ready to do, you know? And maybe (laughs) it's a question I don't ask myself sometimes. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take the Americans, like, whatever where I like, but that's not their comfort zone, you know? (laughs) And uh, because I love adventure the way Jake Price does, you know, where, like, we in some ways like getting into trouble is like almost a bit exciting not that we're looking for like to get stuck in the mountain but you know a little thrill we like it for sure but not everybody feels this. <laughs> yeah, not everyone's <laughs> that excited for it. No, and so there's that one zone uh, in Cham which we love because there's like a sun. It's a sunset zone with amazing terrain. But as I was telling earlier, there were the runs are going like pretty low, so there's not that much snow at the bottom, and so on your way down, your. Pre- like you're struggling for like one hour of like, you know, being in all avalanches, like ice, you know, in the forest, they have that. Actually, I'm, I'm not cool to them because they have all the weight, you know, of the camera. Yeah. The camera bags, and, and it's, and You just got and one
1: smashed up banana in there. Yeah, He just <laughs> has a, a banana on
2: his back. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm all light with my banana and they're like, the filmer got 50, you know. 60 pounds on their back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's not cool. And, um, <laughs> It's sketchy. It's a little (laughs) sketchy. You have to take your time, but sometimes we end up these kind of days in the night with the flashlight of the iPhone like, you know, on the ice trying to get down without getting hurt. So, yeah. Mm, big props to the guys doing this like following me. <laughs> that it's must so have nice. been pretty gnarly yeah, yeah, for him to have a question like for that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. yeah.
0: He's got PTSD.
1: Yeah, so much to the point where it like, wasn't even cool. <laughs> like yeah. not cool, man. <laughs> not cool at all. No, <laughs> <not> cool. <laughs> no, 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 it's not necessarily yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, it's time for the Pub Beer Crap Shoot. Here we go.
3: Welcome to the Pub Beer Crap Shoot.
1: You going to crack some can, Buds?
0: Does that answer your question? Yeah.
1: Question answered. Asked and answered,
0: Buds. (sighs) Delicious. It's cheap and it's fun, too. Mm
1: -hmm. If you're celebrating a second place at uh, European X Games or maybe just on the mountain want to have a delicious, responsible beer. Maybe not even placing at all in the Olympics. Yeah, maybe not even placing. What are you going to celebrate with, Buds? Pub beer. Yeah. Love it. So roll. There's two dice in front of that pub beer right there.
2: Oh, yeah. All
1: right, roll those dice. We'll tell you what you got to do. Throw them
0: bones. Hopefully,
1: you get something good.
0: Seven, seven, eleven. Dude, we get seven yeah, almost I'm every telling time. You, these dice are weighted, bro. but
1: it's a good. It's a good one. Seven. Who is one of your favorite people to party with? Uh, I could add. That's an easy one.
2: Ollie is insane. Like Leopardel is like good in every situation, but partying as well for sure. And well, we've been talking about him a lot and earning a lot. But Jake Price, <laughs> Jake <laughs> Price is <laughs> yeah. Jake he,
0: Price is definitely a good party friend.
2: Yeah, good party friend for sure. What about Pearly? Pearly, good party friend sometimes. <laughs> 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 sorry, man. <Ben>. Wow, pearly. <laughs> sorry, pearly. Yikes! No, no, he's Yikes. a good body friend. <laughs> oh my god!
1: Sorry.
0: I heard he got has blurry photos a lot too. Actually, yeah, yeah. That.
1: I heard he has a cauldron of th- items on his lens a lot like you, but cauldron.
0: <laughs> he's got yeah. like all sorts of weird stuff on his lens, mold growing, mosquitoes
1: like that yeah. like died on his lens and <laughs> it's he still very takes a photo. rare he shoots a sharp photo. Yeah, it is. From yeah. what I hear. Yep. Psych. I remember I was talking to Pearlie, and he's like, You hear the new Pushati? <laughs> talking about Pushati. <laughs> oh, really? Pushati? <laughs> You're the new Pushati? <laughs> <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Here we go. So we're going to get into hot takes. Um, we do this every episode. So, standard issue procedure. We always ask the greatest of all time, in your opinion, or to you, or as we say here in uh, America, the the Michael Jordan to you. Of snowboarding, both male and female? Uh, maybe Victoria Jalous. Mm. And
2: uh, uh, I want to say Brian Iguchi. Wow. Love that. First time answering that, but we the love it. Gucci, gooch. We, we haven't yeah, gotten that one yet. My gooch. Okay. Well, also, it's not like I just, I know him personally. I love oh. him. He's my gooch, you know, and I think he's the greatest. Is your sure. gooch. He's my greatest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah love for it. Sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. Most underrated snowboarder? Mm. Well, we don't know him.
2: <laughs>
3: I don't know. Uh, he's so underrated, none of us know so, him. He's so underrated, we don't know
2: him. <laughs> we haven't met him. We're looking for <laughs> him. We haven't met him. <laughs> he's I out there somewhere. We don't know. He's out there. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, great no. answer. Uh, uh, yeah, can I say that? <laughs> yeah, that's a great yeah, answer. It really yeah, is good. Cool. Undetermined. Love yeah. it. Uh, now, you've been at the bone zone, so pick your answer. We're well, not bone zone, but the spot. The spot. Steel, as in rails, or powder? What are you going to choose? Uh, Both. Can I choose both?
2: Yeah, or no. No, that's boring. I choose powder anyway, but fuck, steel is fun. Love
1: Kay. that. In your opinion, who's got the best style ever?
2: Maybe Nick Baden.
1: woo Shout out, Nick. That came out of nowhere. Good answer, yeah. too. Master Baden, as we like to call him. Yeah. Okay. uh, Best video ever to you? Best snowboard video?
2: Uh, But The robot food videos. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Standard issue answer and pretty much correct. Yeah. Yeah, Good answer. Uh, Best board graphic, in your opinion, ever made? Hmm.
2: What is the one of, like, Mickey Mickey Albin with, like, a small character, I think? Do you you know what it's called?
0: I don't know what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah,
2: this one. I
1: love it. Is it a Burton? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Favorite musical artist? If you could see one band, dead or alive, who would you go see? Uh, Any artist in the world. David Bowie. Woo! Love that answer.
0: I would love to see Bowie, too. Bowie.
1: Okay. Who's the greatest of all time for French snowboarders? Curveball. Uh, Guillaume Chastagnol. Woo! or David
2: Vin- Vincent? Oh, yeah, Gu- Guillaume Chastagnol, for sure. Just going Guillaume. Okay. Guillaume.
1: All right. Um, Go to first try, like step down backcountry trick. Uh, Cab five. Cab sank. Cab sank. Yeah. Cab sank. Wait. Uh, okay. Last question. Worst trend. What do you got? What do you mean? Like the worst trend? Like worst kind of popular you know like tight pants or are a trend yeah, or baggy well, I pants i was
2: i was yeah okay slim slim pants in snowboarding slim. it's a it's a tough one <laughs> and or like slim pants <laughs> or slim it's pants it's a tough one it's a tough one <laughs> <laughs> i give you that. slim pants for skateboarding it's almost impossible to do anything with slim <laughs> pants yeah
1: slim pants okay yeah i, I love Great it. answer uh before we wrap this up a couple one other thing I think somebody was telling me that you low key got a ski instructor license or something like that. What y- the fuck's going on with that?
2: Yeah, that's very strange. But in uh, in France, uh, basically to make it short, like there's no uh, snowboard instructor uh, diploma. So there's only the skiers that can uh, teach snowboarding, which is really crazy. It sucks. It's the way it is in France. And uh, as I was in the French team, I had access to kind of like a simplified... Diploma to the French, to the ski uh, instructor thing. So actually, I could do it in only seven weeks, which is a lot actually, instead of uh, 14. So I passed it and now I got the diploma, and then I can teach uh, skiing and snowboarding in case I need it one day in my life.
0: Sounds like a crazy program over there. It <laughs> you're is. You're gonna take a seven week course <laughs> to become a ski instructor, but you're a snowboarder.
2: It's it's really fucked up. Yeah, yeah. but you still. So are you on skis for this? On skis, I spend seven weeks on skis. So you rip. <laughs> he's nice
1: with it. <laughs> he's nice nice with, with the skis. <laughs> nah, yeah, no, not really. Can you like, do a backflip? Yeah, a backflip oh, for course. sure. Backflips yeah, are yeah, easy. Yeah, they are easy. I can do one as well. So yeah,
2: you can do them for sure. Yeah, yeah, they're easy. Yeah, yeah. So would you say skiing's easy? uh skiing is not easy and it's it's uh, it doesn't look that sick <laughs> 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 oh we saw we were, uh, we were the yeah no sorry and shoot out to all the friends skiing you know like no you know no bad feelings for <laughs> sure <laughs> like, only love only love. some of them are like totally insane Candy tovex like you know to name one but uh, there's amazing skiers <laughs> and uh, it's not easy and uh, but yeah in the streets maybe <laughs> yeah we were having a lunch last time and there was a ski video of like uh, jibbing in the street with skis and that looks uh, yeah no. how, does look? <laughs> how does it look tell us how it looks uh. <laughs> tell us how it <laughs> looks I want
1: to use your words not that sick <laughs> 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 oh, love to hear it. That's good stuff. Well, I think you should put together like a Arthur Longo side hit clinic. I'd like to sign up where you kind of like you get a bunch of people and you like you're like okay, here's where you start and then we like go to Chamonix and we just launch. Those yeah. pat-downs. Can I sign up for that somewhere? Or? Yeah, for sure. Actually, it was a, kind of
2: a serious uh, maybe thought of mine to be like maybe at some point, like let's say in January this winter, I'm like on my Instagram, like, yo, let's be as many as possible to show up at this resort today and shred together. And that would be really cool to do this, I feel, like to interact a bit more with the people, not only through videos, but a bit like during an event, you know, riding with the people for real. And I think that could be that could be really cool. And if you happen to be in France the same
1: day, you, you will do a clinic. Dude, together. I hope
2: we're there. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> you should do that. I think that would be really cool for the people that look up to you and yeah. watch your videos. And yeah. All
2: that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to do it. Maybe
1: yeah. only two person will show up, but I'll do it. <laughs> no, I hear from Pearlie, he's an A-list celebrity when he gets oh, up the chairlift. It's, it's crazy. So, yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, you should definitely do that. Okay, we, we got to uh, ask, too, we always ask about setups. So I know you have a board coming out uh, that will be available in the fall of next year. But if somebody, the board that you're riding that's available now, what board are you riding? Bindings, how do you set it up, all that stuff?
2: Yeah, I'm riding the Mega Merc. So it's kind of a, it's a board that goes for pow and for everything, all terrain. And it's like neither stiff, neither soft. It's like a good board that does everything. I love it. And how I set up for it is uh, like a little, um... A little back I set back a little bit and then my angles are like 15 and minus uh, 6 usually and as for like you know the stance I kind of like eyeball it and kind of change it a lot also I have different size of board so it depends on the size of the board but um, yeah there was like I feel that maybe you know recently there was like tighter stance so I've I've been on that trend a little bit and then maybe go a little wider again right now but always kind of like being kind of soft with like i'm kind of changing it a little bit i'm not too stiff with the having to have the same thing all the time
1: yeah that mega merc is really like snappy and responsive and uh i don't want say aggressive but you can kind of attack the mountain on that board what do you what do you look for in a good snowboard like what are the traits
2: yeah, good like this what you described like a good energy, you know, if you if you need need it it's going to respond, you know, it's kind of it's not giving up and uh and so like a good energy board and a good turn as well, like you know, a tight turn, like a progressive turn. I'd really like this. And of course, like good pop, you know.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. And then you rock <laughs> what bindings? I I got the Atlas, Union Atlas.
2: Um it's rather a bit stiff, but I just like I think for bindings it has to just uh be right for the snowboard, the boots, and the bindings. So just the three of them together they have to match, you know. And I got the infuse, Vance Infuse, uh Atlas Union and the Mega Merc, and that's like a really, really cool combo.
1: Is it Boa or Lace?
2: Uh, it's both.
1: Oh it's both. Yeah. Hybrid. Do you yeah. like the hybrid?
2: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's boa just for the the Pulls the, the ankle back liner, inner yeah, liner yeah. yeah for the like yeah, oh, the, for your the ankle king. yeah oh, for yeah. the ankle yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I love the laces as well because yeah, I think you can you you can manage more where you want to be stiff or not and yeah
1: and then for outerwear obviously Volcom you're here with the whole Volcom crew what are you rocking for outerwear
2: mm, my own
1: collection yeah, this got a, collection. got a sick collection mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, thank you
2: is it's... it really tight uh, <laughs> very tight pants <laughs> <laughs> this space this room <laughs> For, uh, for, balls. For, the, for for the bowls, for the for <laughs> the shorts, the it's proof pants. It's actually. He's like, got a whole
0: collection up there on Volcom.com.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, check it out. It's a, it's nice. I got lucky enough to just develop this with Volcom, and same as the board, you know, it's a full process, and usually we do it like two years ahead of like being in the stores, and you realize like how much of. You know it, what it is to to create outer outerwear, and it's not that easy, and but it's fun. It's really cool, and um, I'm really glad the way it turned out.
1: Love it. So uh, what's what's next for Arthur Longo?
2: I you know another like yeah I don't know. a year, like now it's looking good. I think we're gonna have a project maybe with Vance. if I could uh, if I could say it already, I'm not sure because it's not you know set in marble, but uh, set in stone. but we'll uh, we're trying to do a Vance movie. And uh, hopefully, like another side it uh, for yeah uh, episode with Ollie. So, I think a lot of people are waiting for this. We didn't shoot any of it yet, but we're excited to do it, go back to it. And um, I hope and that gets set in marble.
1: Yeah, I hope it gets set in marble.
2: Yeah, we're like, we're almost like, have to do it by now. And, like, yeah, I'm gonna say, I, I promise it, we're gonna do it. Yeah. We'll set it in some courts, then, maybe.
3: Yeah. We'll yeah. make it happen. Yeah. 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 Some
2: limestone. <laughs> yeah. <like that>. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but shredding, you know, and just like, yeah, doing stuff with the homies and holy yeah. a lot. And look yeah.
1: forward to you going, uh, you know, basically Richter scale on these. Jumping uh, over all our heads. Arcs. Yep. Off those side hits. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, killer. Well, we also always ask if you want to throw out thank yous before we wrap this thing up.
2: Well uh, I can think of you guys. Or merci thanks. actually is what we well, call. Merci. merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup Easton, <laughs> merci Chris. No really like really happy I came here and uh, it's so nice we could light up and uh, and yeah thanks to all my sponsors Volcom, Union Capita, Electric uh which one am I Vance and uh, and yeah all the all the homies and everything. That is like that keep creating stuff in our in our field and that keep making it like interesting and you know go out there and still have the passion and show this passion and inspire like uh, other people so yeah shoot out to that would be like a lot of people actually because there's like a lot of creative people in in our sport and uh and but yeah that's it like thank you thank thanks to you guys
1: thank you Merci beaucoup, mon ami. Thank you for coming yeah, on the thank show. thank you. Uh, yeah. Thanks for everything you do for snowboarding, too, and, and just the, mm-hmm. the lane you've carved out and inspired so many. Um, and I want to say thank you to everybody that tunes in and listens to our show and uh, supports us. We appreciate you guys. And, um, yeah, where can people find you if they want to look you up? Uh, you mean on Instagram? On Instagram? Yep. Uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it would go.
1: Yeah, my name. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, appreciate you, Arthur. Thanks again for coming on. And uh, we're, we're out of here from the bomb hole over and out. We see you next week. Peace. Peace.